0: Hello, what's up, my fellow small business supporters? Welcome to Friday, our wrap up day of Living Like Grant Cardone. We are going to be discussing a bunch of things today. We have so much to accomplish on today's morning show. So I am excited for everyone who's here. Um, yeah, this is, I was very thankful that today was my last day of getting up at 6 a.m. because I was tired. However, I did not fall back asleep. I got everything done. Awesome. Uh, And, oh, but while R.K. is going to talk about his morning real quick, I will be sending Joseph the link to the stream so that he can join us for our 9.06 a.m. meeting. So, cool. R.K., how was your morning? Eh, I mean...
1: So Grant Cardone obviously not nearly as organized as Rachel Hollis was. So I feel like I did a lot less during his morning routine than I, than I did with Rachel Hollis. Cause he's mm-hmm. just like, wake up early and be successful. Rachel was like, guys at this time do this at this time, do that at this time, do that. Um, so my mornings is Grant Cardone where I, I was still waking up early. I was still getting my workouts done, but that was about it. Uh, I, 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 since I didn't have to do anything else that dic- uh, dictated by this, um, morning routine I would end up sort of reading news reports I had to know for the day and then I would Mm -hmm. get distracted by social media because I'd be on my phone so I feel like this was a less productive morning routine than Rachel's
0: yeah I I felt that way to an extent um I feel like this I there were things I liked better about this morning routine but there were also things that like I, I appreciate what I appreciated about Rachel's was how much she broke it down how much she was like I will do this thing and then this thing and then this thing. But with this one, it was a little more vague, but I also appreciate how there wasn't a bunch of useless time built in. It was like, okay, we know we're going to have a morning meeting at 9.06. We're gonna wake up at 6 a.m. and it was like there was no all this time built in for like journaling and like 10 minutes to grab the coffee mug and like an hour like I can say at least that I appreciate Rachel uh budgets an hour to take her kids to school considering that that means she's actually maybe potentially spending an hour with her kids versus Grant who budgets two minutes to take his kids to school and just like Great sends training. them out the door and is like, bye. Yeah, so um I think, yeah, but like I do appreciate that this morning routine didn't have all that extra time built in there because like waking up at five was unnecessary. There were, we, we woke up with three hours before this stream, which is ridiculous. I almost never wake up with three hours before anything I have to do.
1: Yeah, it's just, uh so the, the reason why the extra time, like with Grant's routine specifically, I found myself... He would say, and then you got dressed for success. And I did it the first day. And then after that, it was just sort of like, Rachel had a time that she dedicated to working out. Grant yeah. didn't. So I would like get distracted by what I was reading because I wasn't yeah. reading for a set amount of time, which I now learn I have to do in the morning. And the next thing I know, it would be 7 08 or 710 I'd be like oh shit I gotta get my workout done now yeah like this very instant or else I'm not going to have enough time to finish it before our stream because I also have to take Logan out um yeah and ideally shower as you can see I didn't have a chance to shower today I didn't shower today either so I I I preferred Rachel's I'd probably build my personal one more around grants because I don't need to wake up at five but I preferred yeah. Rachel's morning routine
0: yeah, I would say that, um, in terms of working out, I liked that, um, like, because it mentions in the book Rise and Grind that, like, Grant works out, like, briefly in the morning for, not for the sake of, like, trying to get strong, but for the sake of, like, trying to get the body awakened or something. So, I would do that, kind of. I'd wake up, and I'd also combine my workout with, um, running with Chewy, uh, since, like, the weather's getting nicer that I can do that now. So, I would, um... Yeah, wake up and then immediately go take Chewie on a run. And now Chewie's excited. Like when Chewie hears the alarm go off, he's excited now. The first, like when we started this two weeks ago, Chewie was like, I could not get him out of bed. He was like, no. But now the alarm goes off and he's like, you're going to feed me and walk me now for real? Okay, I'm excited. And he like jumps out of bed. And then we go on a little run together. And I'm not, like, pushing myself on the run because, like, half the time I forget to put my bra on before I go running with Chewy, which is a huge mistake, so I can't run that much. So I'll run for, like, a little bit and then just to awaken the body and then I'll come back in and spend the rest of the time working on emails. This morning I worked on answering Patreon messages and starting to respond to some YouTube comments. I'm way behind. This is the problem with how much content I've been putting out. I'm way behind on responding to YouTube comments now. Because I'm just like, whoa, I like, I, <laughs> I haven't had time to like, respond to comments outside of making the videos and streaming and stuff. So, but that's where I've been. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I have pieces of each, as we know, we're going to take a little piece of each with us. Um, there were pieces of each I liked and pieces of each that I thought were useless. So that's where we're at. Um, I agree. Big time. I'm just, I'm just writing
1: my goals down now. Um, I, I agree. Like my favorite workout was probably the day that I, so I really, I, I'm enjoying the hit workouts I've been doing because I feel like I can really condense a great burn in a yeah. short amount of time. My favorite workout was probably though my morning run I did this week. Um, only cause I stopped halfway. So it, it wasn't long at all. It was a little over two miles. So it really was not that long of a run whatsoever, but I thoroughly enjoyed it because I was doing the run walk alternating uh, yeah. exercise. And when I finished, I was like half a mile away from my apartment. I put on an audiobook and it's really relaxing to walk in the morning outside with an audiobook. Like that's a really relaxing experience.
0: That's my favorite thing to do. And I used to be in the habit of doing that um, like pre pandemic. I used to take Chewy on a walk run combination for about two miles every morning and listen to, various audiobooks that's actually when I was listening to be obsessed or be average and then dnf'd it but yeah no listening to audiobooks in the morning while walking or running with my dog is like the I think the ideal way to start my morning and sometimes it's just hard to get myself motivated to do it because I'm like so exhausted when I wake up but now that I've been doing this series and forcing myself to do it I remember how much how much I love doing that once I actually get into it
1: I can't do it with Logan, though. That's the one negative. L- Logan's a total house cat. Oh, um, no. <laughs> he, when, when I have to take him out in the morning, he starts shivering. Oh,
0: poor baby. And, like,
1: backs away. And he just does not want to go out. And then when we go on walks, he yanks. Like, he, he runs and zigzags. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, the best way to make him to walk is to run. Because then he's like, wait, why
0: are you running? Okay, I got to slow down. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Chewy, Chewy loves walks, runs. He loves everything because he's, he has a lot of energy. And especially in the pandemic, it's been, cause we used to like take him to the park and we'd um hook him onto a, like we'd have like 150 feet of rope or something. And we'd, you know, hook it onto his harness and then hold onto the rope and let him have a big span to run in. But, you know, because we're in the city, we don't have a fenced-in yard or any yard at all. And also Chewy has trouble socializing with um, some other dogs. We have to be kind of careful. But when he, like, four years ago, before we adopted him, when he was at the shelter, um, there used to be, like, a a group within the animal shelter that was, like, a, you know, running group. So they would take Chewy on, like, 10-mile runs. Oh, he loved it and I feel bad cuz I I am not a runner. I cannot do 10-mile runs or things like that. I think Chewie's definitely gotten a little lazier since we've since he's been living with us, but he he still loves going on runs. He loves running after things. So he's a very active dog. So I want to make sure that he gets the the running in the morning that he wants. So I'm trying I'm trying to do it for him. <laughs>
1: I see a lot of people are talking yoga in the comments right now. I, I love yoga. I do enjoy, I, I, do, I use the downward dog app or the down, whatever it is. Um, and that's really helpful for me uh, just because I can never think of what routines to do. And even though it's a beginner app, it, it helps me stay active with yoga and do it regularly. I was actually thinking about doing yoga today, but since I, I missed my workout yesterday, I wanted to get my heart rate up.
0: I love this comment from Joseph. So y'all, Joseph is gonna be on our 9.06 AM meeting this morning. I sent him a link to the stream, but I love how he says, I woke up at 3.30 this morning, went to the bathroom and went back to bed. I'm half xing it today. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes, half X it. <laughs> okay, so we actually have a lot of topics to discuss today, including you know our reflection on this past week, our plans for next week, and most importantly, our discussion of Grant Cardone's books. So we have been reading his books, uh, The 10X Rule and Be Obsessed or Be Average, which we both decided to stop reading because it is impossible to get through. So let's talk about Grant's books. What are what are your thoughts? Like, I know I read Be Obsessed or Be Average and stopped reading it over a year ago, but I know that you just started reading it uh, recently. Oh, it, was my
1: first, it was my first book of 2021. Oh, really? So I, I, I started my year off strong with that. Uh, okay, yeah.
0: what were your thoughts on it?
1: Well, first thing, cause I, I love seeing my name. I see at RK, my dad watched the replay of the stream yesterday and complimented you on your patience with me. So you're easy to be patient with. I didn't even have to be patient with you. You were just a, a great time to talk to. Um, and, and thanks for your brat. As for 10X, I actually had my hopes up when I started it. I knew he was overselling and over pitching because oh, he yeah. is as phony of a salesman as they come. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anytime someone over promises and under delivers, you know, they're going to be successful at getting money and nothing else and grants that. So I was like, okay, let's, let's dive into this because the thesis statement's pretty obvious just from the title of the book. And from 10X
0: or be obsessed or be average? 10X. Oh, so we're talking about, okay. Just making sure I want to make sure we're on the same book. Okay. So we're talking about 10X right now. Yes. Yeah. I agree with the thesis of the book. It's pretty simple. It probably could have been a blog post.
1: Um, yes. And honestly, I think, if he actually had more to say on the topic, he could have turned it into a blog series and then turned that into a book, which is something that both Rachel Hollis and Jordan Peterson have successfully done, and in my opinion, have created much more, <sighs> what's the what's the best way to put it? I'm going to say, first off, much more entertaining and probably much more practical books. Now, whether or not you find value in them is a different story, but at the very least, someone out there can find value in it. Grant Cardone's product is motivation. That's the start and the end of it. Yes um and with 10x it was literally (sighs) how long is the book i'm totally blanking it it, it, i don't
0: know i listen on audible so i have no idea also firebrat thank you so much for the super chat just wanted to shout you out i appreciate you it was an entire novel of this man just saying you want to get ahead
1: work harder than everyone you don't know how hard to work come up with a goal and then 10x it
0: (laughs) yeah so i think 10x rule is about seven hours on audible be Obsessed or Be Average was 11 hours and I it was too long and I could not get through even half of it. Um, but for as far as the 10X rule goes, when I started the book, I was, at first I was hopeful because even though I this was the second Grant Cardone book I was reading and the first one was so awful, I could not even get through it. I was hopeful at the beginning because first of all, this book sounded more like a book. Like when we get into Be Obsessed or Be Average, we can talk about how this book does not sound like a book. Oh my God, Sako! Thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate that. Um, Yeah, Uh, that book did not sound like a book, but this one, it sounded like a book. It was like, okay, it seems like he had an editor for this book. It seems like he didn't just dictate random shit into the microphone and then someone transcribed it later. Like, it seems like this is actually a book that was written with words. And I also agreed with the thesis because this was something that I've talked about on my channel before. Like, in 2020, I had made, at the beginning of the year, I had made a goal to release four books in 2020. And I was like, I know that that's gonna be a lot, but I'd rather fall short of reaching, of releasing four books rather than make my goal to release like one or two books and fall short of that. I ended up falling short and releasing three books, but releasing three books is still a huge accomplishment. And I talk about the same thing a lot on my channel. I talked about it when I like failed NaNoWriMo and all of that. Um, so I, I think that it's important to I personally like to set goals much higher than I can actually achieve intentionally because I'd rather fall short of the higher goal than fall short of the average goal. Or I'd even rather fall short of the higher goal than I would accomplish the smaller goal. So that's why I was agreeing with him at first. I was like, yes, this is a principle that I actually do live by. However, like we've been saying all week, Grant Cardone will come at you with a piece of advice that is true and is helpful and then he'll take it so far, he'll take it all the he perverts way it. take it all the way to the ends of the earth to the point where you're like this is not human anymore. Like what what did you just do? Like you ruined it, Grant.
1: Oh, he's like, "Guys, do you like chocolate ice cream? Well, what if I give you chocolate syrup all the way up to a gallon
0: jug and then put jalapenos
1: in it with ice cream
0: and then put it in an enema and put it up your butt instead of having you eat it?" Yeah, he's he just he goes all the way
1: because he he just he takes it so far every single time he was talking about and and the worst part is with me like the parts that really made me cringe because I'm all for motivation I see I yeah. do see value in it um, because it's the same reason why I mean I know pre workout has some chemicals in it as well that helps but it's the same reason why taking some caffeine or booster supplements can help you sort of get to the point. I mean, it's, it doesn't necessarily create the actions that you have to follow, but it can right. get you to the point of making the decision. So mm-hmm. I do see the value in motivation. I don't see the value in paying thousands of dollars for motivation, yeah. but I do see the value in motivation. He then takes it to the next level and talks about, I know I've referenced this a few times on my stream. Or, yeah, on my stream, our stream. Sorry about that. <laughs> it look, could that be was your stream
0: clip. if you want.
1: <laughs> no, no, your stream, our stream. Um our stream. I'm very insecure about that little slip up there. I know no, we've spoken about this several times. No,
0: fine. I, okay. I do that kind of thing all the time, though. But to, I'll be like, "Hey, Tyler, remember at my wedding when we did this?" And he'll be like, "Your wedding when you marry me, our wedding." Like, so, so and then that's what you did is way less awkward. You're fine. Fantastic.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm happy. I'm less awkward than you talking about your wedding. Um, <laughs> as far, but as as far as Grant is concerned, I guess the first thing I'll say is he applies it to everyone in his life. Mm -hmm. He's like, if you're 10Xing, you're then elevating everyone around you to 10X with you. And it's like, no, you can't do that. You can't force people, especially if they're working for you. Under no circ- This is one of the reasons why I, I told you that I prefer Gary V. in some ways. Gary Vee says, under no circumstances, will your employee work harder than you or should your employee work harder than you? Yeah, Grant so Cardone is like, about- nah, your employees are gonna work just as hard as you. It's like, okay, yeah, maybe if you literally cloned yourself and they're sharing in the profits or if you wanna have them actually be owners of this company, but they're not, they're commission-based. And that really rubbed me the wrong way because he was basically talking about exploiting his fucking workers.
0: Yes, that was the biggest problem I have was that the extent he takes the 10x rule to is inherently selfish and it's kind of like when you look at an MLM company or a pyramid scheme and it's like well you need to recruit these people and and they need to recruit these people and it's like it's the kind of thing where if you are applying it to everyone and everyone's doing it it maxes out and it can't be done anymore so like when he's talking he talks all about how like if you're a manager you should have your sales team 10 X everything they do. And like, if your sales team isn't hitting their quotas, you shouldn't adjust their quotas. You should 10 X their quotas so that they have to work harder. And it's like, but when you get to that point, like what, what is incentivizing them to do it? Because maybe you're incentivized as the manager because, or as the business owner, because that's what your goal is. But if those people are also supposed to 10 X their personal goals, and Grant even says at the beginning, like, you could have a personal goal of just working an average job for the rest of your life or achieving all your dreams. Well, if those people are the people who are currently working an average job and they want to achieve all their dreams, why would they put 10 times the effort into working for someone else? So it's, uh, it, it can't actually work when you take it to that level.
1: I completely agree. And it's, it's just, it's sort of messed up. Like, And again, it's, it's one of those things where he takes some advice that I agree with and ruins it. Like, I do actually agree with, don't. Change your goals until you reach the end. Because once you change your goals, it is sort of demotivating. Right. Like if, if, if you're just like, for me, I'm gonna finish editing this book by the end of this week. I am nowhere near close to it. If I change it, I'm just like, okay, maybe I'll just reach uh, a third of the way. I'm not gonna be motivated to get to, to to finish a third of the way. I'm gonna accept that as a defeat. I so I see the logic behind it. He then just takes it to that next level of. Continue like just basically hounding them until they achieve it, and it's like no. Sometimes like it's one thing to hold yourself to a higher standard; it's another to hold everyone else around you to a yeah. higher standard, which, in my opinion, is a recipe for failure. He oh. also had, ah, oh, shit, I'm blanking on it right now because it, it was in this. I, I'll stop talking. I'll, I'll let you if, if you have something to say on that. Because I oh, I remember now. It's like
0: ridiculously
1: aggressive sales tactics.
0: Oh my god, yeah. Oh my god, they're r- ridiculously, and that's why. Okay, so. There were like in terms of the fact that there were some things I did like about this book. I looked at the fact that he had this one chapter that I was actually listening to on a run with chewy which was nice. This this one chapter about how customer satisfaction comes after customer acquisition. And I liked that. I, whenever he gets into specific advice for how he does sales and things like that, I start to really like it because I'm like, this is what you're good at. Like, But then the rest of the just like manic ramblings, I cannot handle. But when he goes into like, you know, cu- so customer acquisition is more important than customer satisfaction. Or not more important, but like you can't get to the customer satisfaction stage if you aren't focusing on acquisition. However, I do wish he had gone more into what strategies he would use in that case because he does a lot of shit talking of what other big companies do without providing any solutions so he'll be like oh a lot of companies will provide customer satisfaction surveys but they should be more focused on trying to acquire new customers to even satisfy in the first place and I'm like okay this is a cool idea and I like this but like what tactics do you have for this because I wanted to start trying to think about like Uh, And he talked about like, oh, you could send out like a survey to people who didn't buy, like you should focus on the people who saw you and turned you down to see like what it was. And I was like, yes, I agree with this. I would love to have some kind of thing where it's like everyone who's on foreverhomefriends.com who's on my website and abandons their shopping cart or who visits the site and then leaves and doesn't purchase anything. I want to know, you know, what would have motivated them to purchase something instead, because I think that would be good for overall marketing uh, plans. So. But I, but I don't know like how to do that or how to reach that. And then in that chapter, I was like, I wonder if Grant's going to give me any specific suggestions of if like... he doesn't. And he doesn't. He basically says, if you want me to give you a specific plan for your business, visit my website here and we'll set up a consultation, which... Grant's business coaching consultations are like $10,000. So I was like, oh, you're just trying to upsell me now. Like you had me on this good advice and now you're trying to upsell me. And that's shady. I fucking hate that. So that's where I was at with that whole section.
1: It's also tough to get someone to give you feedback if they don't do business with you. It's much easier to like the two things that I usually tell people to do because you have a much higher success rate because it does have longer conversations afterwards are if someone does reach out to you. Even in this case, it's not even if they do business with you, but more likely than not it's it's successful if they do. You can ask how they found out about you because that way you know where your marketing dollars are being spent wisely. And then once you no longer are doing business with them, you can conduct an exit interview and ask what they enjoyed and what they did and what you can improve upon. So these are both people who end up doing business with you that can improve your business. It's really difficult to chase people who see you and choose not to do business with you.
0: That's the hard thing, right? When people talk about like, wasn't a survivorship bias was the thing with like, was it um, World War I fighter jets or airplanes where it was like, they the planes that came back people would analyze like where the bullet holes were in the planes to try to figure out how to better arm those planes for the future however the only planes they could even examine were the ones that came back in the first place so the planes that were getting shot down the most nobody could figure out what the problems were or address those because they had no access to those planes anymore and that's kind of how i feel it is with customer acquisition it's the same kind of thing where it's like if you want to figure out why somebody chose, saw you and chose to pass you up or, you know, put an item in their shopping cart and then abandoned it. If you want to figure that out, it's hard to know because it's like, you don't have access to that person. That's not somebody you actually did the interaction with. So I I think that Grant was onto something here, but I wish he'd kind of followed it through to the end so that I could have come up like, uh, um. oh, Cher has an interesting question here, which is, would you rather have someone buy and not read the book and just throw it in a corner or not buy? That's interesting. I would I would rather have yeah, and I guess this is why like I'm not a business guru because I, I care more about the art at the end of the day. Um I would rather have someone I think there's a middle ground here though. I, I would if those are the only two options, I would rather have someone not buy it rather than buy it and not read it. However, I know people, I've met people at festivals and things like that who have bought, like, have been like, oh, I, I love the concept of these books with the, do- with the rescue dogs, uh, but I don't have anyone in my life to give it to. So I will buy, so what if I bought it and donated it to a children's hospital? Or what if I bought it and donated it to um, a library or something like that? So then the person who bought it didn't read it, but they're still helping it get to that end person because they wanted to support the concept. So I love when, like, I actually really love when people do that. Um, that's happened like only like two or three times ever though, (laughs) because that's not like a super common thing to happen, but that's, that's my thoughts on that.
1: Yeah. So sorry. It's going to be one of those mornings, I think. Um, where you, yeah, that's fine. If you need to hop
0: on calls here and there, I'm, I'm good. I can carry a conversation.
1: I appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I missed sort of what you were talking about. I ultimately his sales tactics. That's the, that was the yes. other thing. I, were you yes. talking about how he was how he was talking about how it's better to constantly harass people because I then, wasn't there
0: uh, yet. But let's talk about that because that's really important. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: we both have newsletters because we're authors, and he yes, was talking about the importance of when he saw people unsubscribing from his newsletter. He upped the amount of content that he was sending out because he thought it was a good sign. He was like, once people start unsubscribing, and here's the other thing too, he like bases it in this acorn of truth. He's like, if you're sending it out a lot and you're cutting away people who are annoyed by you, they weren't gonna be customers anyway, which might be true, I don't know. I do think it's important to, to like trim the fat of your audience who isn't just like, when I was doing music reactions, for example, I had, I had an audience in the Philippines that only cared about me reacting to, I am totally blanking on her name right now, but there was this one female artist in the Philippines and they would only show up when I would react to her and nothing else. I would hardly call them my audience. I would love it if they all, when I was actively making uh, videos, unsubscribe from me because I thought that they were just... Um, inflated numbers that I didn't necessarily deserve that weren't actually going to benefit me. So the the more that they could unsubscribe from me and the more that I could reduce my overall number and instead of having like 30% of 9,000 people watching me, if I could have 80% of 7,000 people watching me, I would be much happier. So I sort of saw the truth in that, but he was talking about full on harassment, like sending constant messages to people until they either block you or say yes to you
0: that's his thing. And I, I mean, I've seen that I when I back when I worked in telemarketing and high volume sales and all of that, which is, you know, probably one of the worst job experiences I've ever had, because it all has this Grant Cardone mindset where it's like, you need to k- keep reaching out. You, you can't stop. And he yeah, he was like, the, the truth that he was getting at, and this is why I would love to have him on to interview him and think he might be open to this is that he had this whole idea about if people are criticizing you and hating on you, then that's a sign of success, which to an extent, I think is true because being unknown is the hardest thing to get past. Being hated, which and you don't want to take it too far. You don't want to just become an awful person.
2: Told
0: just, yeah. Uh, so it's like if you, uh, yeah, it's so he's talking about that. And I was like, okay, I agree with this. I think it is true because if you're getting, I've talked about this all the time, how I like reading negative reviews of my books because it means that they're finally reaching, they're finally having enough reach that they're going to reach people who don't like them. Because, you know, not everyone's going to like a book. And if a book has a specific audience and you want, and only that specific audience is reading it, like that's cool for your Amazon ratings and all of that. But it means that you're not reaching as many people because if you're reaching a lot of people, you're going to find some people who don't like it along the way. So to an extent, I think that that is good and like that's accurate. But he took it again way too far, and was like, "Okay, so if people are criticizing me and saying that I send out too many emails, that means I need to ten x how many emails I'm sending them. If people want to unsubscribe, that means I need to hit them harder and send them more emails because they won't stop thinking about me. Then, and I guess maybe to an extent it works because Grant Cardone lives rent free in my head, and I don't like him. Uh, so there's that, uh, and I guess I guess it's like." You can really see it with uh, his relationship and the way that, like, I did that video a while back reacting to, you know, Grant Cardone and his wife and him telling the story of how he stalked his wife for over a year before they got together because she had no interest in him. But uh, as he said on the Wolf of Wall Street podcast, he said, not interested is a level of interest, which is not true. But he said that and he applied that to his wife and called her twice a month for a year until finally she broke down and went on a date with him and now they're married which it's like i guess you found the one person who wasn't going to call the police on you uh that's very lucky of you but like you can just really see how he he I, and doesn't let up and it's like maybe those maybe that quality has helped him make a lot of money but i don't think it's worth it to be rich if you're going to just be an annoying and shitty person all the time even if that is a good business practice. So I think it's like, is the book, is are his concepts helping people make money? Potentially. But like, are his concepts making people better humans and making the world a better place? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um... <laughs> Like looks guiltily at Savvy's books that are sitting on my corner bookshelf that I haven't read. No worries, I am grateful. I also think it's like, I'm grateful that people are interested enough to get them in the first place, and if you read them, I hope you like them. Um, Yes, the story about Grant Cardone and his wife is super creepy, super creepy. Uh, That's one of the things that, like, really turned me off to him. Like, you know, him speaking at MLM conferences, speaking at the World Financial Group Conference and that kind of thing, I was already pretty upset about that, but then when he got to the extent of, like, Hear, of hearing that story about his wife and about how he thought that the the stalking was okay and how it was justified, I was like, no, 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 no. And the worst part is that I get comments from his fans on that video all the time of people being like, the story is romantic and you just don't get it. You're not going to find a good man if you're not going to be open to men chasing you like this. And I'm like, I'm married, dude. So like, and no, I don't want to be stalked. Sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah.
1: All right. I think I bought myself like two minutes, just real quick. But I, I, I agree with, with from what I was hearing. Don't not wanting to be stalked is gotta keep this away so it doesn't like get on our microphone. Pick up my microphone. Um, don't want to be stalked. Don't harass people with your emails and shit like that, that's stupid as fuck. And I think it's really important that we point out that Grant Cardone is not a salesman. He's marketing himself as a salesman, but he's a marketer. Anytime you go with the quantity model, it's all about marketing, not sales. Sales is the act of speaking to one individual and selling them on a product. Marketing is when you're going with that quantity model.
0: I'm pretty sure he's uh, started in sales, though, because he was first in, he was a car salesman. He was a car salesman for a long time. Which is not shocking, because everyone's always like, Grant gives me car salesman vibes. And I'm like, literally, yes, he is a car salesman. Or he was. He was back in like the 90s, I think. So he was a car salesman for a while. And then he moved into real estate. So he did real estate investments and sold properties and things like that. And then Yeah, now he's into the marketing sphere, not really sales anymore. He doesn't really sell anyone anything individually. He puts out a product, or a a quote-unquote product. It's not really a product. He puts out a concept and markets it and tries to get it into people's consciousness and things like that. Let's see. I'm gonna take some comments real quick because I know RK is on a phone call. So I'm gonna I'm gonna address some people's comments before we go sorry. into talking. No, it's fine. Take your call. Uh, so I'm gonna address some people's comments and then we're gonna discuss be obsessed or be average after that. Um, where was I in comments? I missed a lot of comments. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, do, 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 do. Um, Sharma says motivation works if that is the language you respond to. I love it, but not all the time. I completely agree. And I think I'm a very naturally motivated person. So when I listen to people motivating me in an audiobook and stuff, it just kind of annoys me because I'm like, I already know this. Like, why did I pay for you to tell me something I already know? And that's, that's frustrating, especially because I feel like a lot of motivational material is marketed as more tangible advice than it actually is. And I just feel ripped off every time um, let's see, where are we? Some people talking about yoga, some people saying hello, I'm glad you guys are all here right now. Queen of Spades says, I feel like Grant is all ideas, right? Uh, Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, I think, I don't know if, like, way in his past he, he had developed some really good sales techniques, but I think he's at the point now where it's, like, it's all pretty much, like, ephemeral matter, if that makes sense. Um, Yeah, Gail says, how hard is it to be, like, here's where you can find the tech for abandoned cart emails or whatever. That's the kind of stuff business gurus do on Insta, do as an IG live. Yeah, I think I, mean, I think that would be a great tutorial for someone to do. And, like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I sometimes send out emails for abandoned carts and things like that. But, yeah, I just, I like, I wish that section had gone more into, like, customer acquisition and things like that. Um Eva says that she would prefer that people buy it and toss the book in a corner because she loves books and I'm stocking for a library. She'll never be able to read. And I guess that's the thing is book collecting is also a hobby. Like there's, I think a lot of book collectors and readers has crossover. A lot of people want to do both, but there are also some people who are just into reading and they use the library and eBooks and stuff constantly. And then there are also people who are exclusively into collecting even if they're interested in the book if it's like a special edition. If it's like you know a, a, something that's worth a lot or a special release with an interesting cover. They'll get it anyway for their collection. So, I, but I do think that also book collecting and book reading are not always the same thing. So I think that's um, yeah. Firebreath talking about. Uh, well, why can't I click on comments right now? What is going on? What is happening? It's not letting me click on comment. Oh wait, oh now, okay, it's just like going slow. Yeah, reading and book collecting are not the same. Exactly, Eva. Um, Firebrat says made worse by COVID salary cuts. Yeah, I think that's the thing is like Grant Cardone's book, um, if, if the 10X rule is applied across the board and it's like, I am 10Xing all of my goals, I'm going to make my salespeople 10x all of their responsibilities. But then I also, everyone should be 10xing. So theoretically, all of the salespeople should be 10xing their goals in addition to their work at their day job. It's it's like, what? At what point are they going to be able to 10x their goals? Because you just said that their goals would be outside of working for your company. But that's because the book is so self-centered. It's so focused on like, how can you have other people do things for you? and it's like it's not a whole lot about caring about if other people are making it work for them it's like can you make it work for you how can you not use even other about people selling
1: a product or a service yeah it's absolutely. it's literally a book on how you need to change your mindset to lack all empathy and just yeah. aggressively pursue money basically yes yes and i guess if you do that it could possibly find you some happiness i mean ultimately that's what self help is trying to sell right i know he tries to sell success because he conflate success and happiness. Uh, but it also feels a little dangerous to put all of your happiness into one tangible asset.
0: <laughs> I think this is interesting when Eva's talking about some authors who actually approach their marketing like a business guru, which I have seen before. And um, you know, in the at conventions before COVID, some authors didn't care if you'd like the book. I, I've definitely seen that where they just like they have just such a an approach to marketing and it's like You know, it's important to grab people's attention. It's important to have a good pitch, but you do at the end of the day want to make sure you're reaching someone who is genuinely interested rather than someone who feels like they just are too awkward to leave the conversation. So they give you money. Like that's, I don't think that that's worth it in the end. But again, I'm not just about 10Xing my income. I am about, you know, building a brand that people are going to genuinely like.
1: Um, Yeah. Ultimately, I mean, it does come down to what you're trying to accomplish. If you're only trying to accomplish money. Well, for one, if you're only trying to accomplish money, question what you're selling. Because <laughs> yeah. if you're only trying to accomplish money, you should probably be selling high-ticket items. Um,
0: oh, Ashley, thank you. Ashley ordered the book, The Love of Senior Dogs from Forever Home Friends, and says, our dogs are 13, 11, and 3, and kids are 10 and 6. That's wonderful. I'm so glad that you guys liked it. That makes me so happy. I was That was um, one of my favorite books I don't know if it's my favorite book I put out. No, it's not. All three books I put out in 2020 are my favorite books. I love the uh, 2020 was a good year for books for me. Um, I'm so glad everyone liked it. Uh, Let's see. I think what Cher says here is true too. Money only makes you happier if you don't have enough. I remember, I think it was maybe 2015, 2016. I think there was some report that like money buys happiness. And I mean, the number might've changed now because there's always inflation and changes in the economy and stuff. But I think in maybe 2016, it was like money buys happiness up to $70,000 a year or something. Because it's like, you know, at that point that was kind of like the income where it was like, i guess the average house or the average or median household in the us would have uh you know be able to afford a house things for their kids And then have a little bit to save and a little bit of disposable income. So but beyond that, it was like money didn't really increase your happiness at all. Like acquiring ridiculous amounts of wealth didn't really do much across the board. But yeah, money does buy happiness if you don't have enough money, because then all your stressors in life are going to be finance related. So I think that's absolutely true. Andrea says, this is how the paradox of business gurus that put down people who want to work nine to five. If they want to scale their business and hire people, they will need to hire people who are happy to work nine to five. Exactly, exactly. So that's that's what I think the key issue is with this book. And that's why I compare it to like a pyramid scheme because a pyramid scheme, like when you're recruiting all these other people, it's going to get to a point where they can't recruit people. It doesn't work when you take it to another level. So it's the same thing with this. Grant is all like, do you want to work the rest of your life for someone else? But then he's also telling people to incentivize their employees to work nonstop for them. So it's like, so these people wouldn't be able to apply this rule as well. It's just you that can apply this rule. And that's why I'm like, this book is too self-centered. It's really all about just yourself. It's not about helping other people 10x their dreams. It's not about, you know, this is a way for all of us to get to live our dreams. It's about, here's how you can live your dreams and fuck anyone else who wants to live their dreams. Because you're the one reading this book and it's just... Focus on yourself and don't care about anyone else. That's really how it came across.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And then with Be Obsessed or Be Average, which came after it, we both DNF'd. I DNF'd it because it felt like more of the same, less concentrated because to at least 10x, while it didn't go anywhere, it was still built around a central idea. Be Obsessed or Be Average was just saying, hey, guys, remember when I said 10x this? Well, here's a synonym for it.
0: Yes. Okay. So and this is interesting because you read 10X first and then read Be Obsessed or Be Average. I did it the opposite way because I read Be Obsessed or Be Average like a year ago. Hey, we both and
1: DNF'd
0: it. We both DNF'd it. I could not like I was it was my one of my books that I listened to while on runs with Chewy at the beginning of 2020. And I just I could not get through it. The first I mean, I could the, it started with the dedication to his wife where he goes on about how he stalked her and how it, his de- dedication is two minutes of the audiobook like two full minutes just yelling about how he stalked his wife and how he's grateful that she eventually gave in. And it's like, whoa, what are we in for? Then the whole first chapter, he goes into how tons of psychiatrists have tried to diagnose him with various mental illnesses, but he doesn't believe them because he knows that his obsessions with everything are not a result of OD- OCD or ADHD, but instead they're a result of the fact that he really cares about his business and 10Xing everything, and he would rather be an overly committed business person rather than treat his mental health. Which, and I kind of just was- want to
1: say real quick as destructive as that is, the fact that he is refusing to accept a diagnosis and treatment and has still found a way to mentally will his mental health issues into a thriving online business. I know he does some really shady practices and shit like that. But for one it's I don't know if it's funny or sad that that's the sort of personality that can hoodwink so many people into thinking that they're that this person's a guru that will better their life. And two kind of see it as a bit of an accomplishment that he was able to build this up while refusing all other help. I'm not saying it's worth following or pursuing or anything like that. I'm certainly not saying it's good, but it's it's an impressive feat.
0: It's interesting. Yeah. And it's to an extent where it's like, I always wonder how much, how much luck he's been dealing with versus how much just like his insane stubbornness has gotten him through everything. Because it's the same thing where it's like, he talks about how he met his wife and he had this, he just had this feeling. He just had this sign that she was the one for him, even though she kept saying no and kept refusing to talk to him. And she ended up marrying him. She ended up not calling the police on him. So it's like, was his intuition right that he knew that this would be the woman who would be willing to put up with his stalking? I don't know. But either way, it's like, I hate that he's sharing that advice with other people because maybe you're the one person that you're lucky enough that refusing to take your, your mental health medication and stalking women has somehow not landed you in the worst possible rock bottom situation as it would for most people. But I'm like, do not give this advice to other people. Like it's, it's as if like, Somebody who won the lottery was starting to tell everyone to buy all these lottery tickets. Like for the majority of people, they're just going to waste their money. It's that kind of thing. Like and that's a great analogy. That's yeah. a it's like yeah. it worked for him, kinda. I don't know if it worked Cause
1: because, like, I don't know. Like I, I don't know. He's this years Yeah, old, exactly so. what
0: Queen of Spade is saying. It's an impressive feat, but it's dangerous advice. That's what I worry about. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's why the first chapter of the book instantly turned me off because I'm like. Well, the concept of the book is again, it was like the concept I agreed with be obsessed or be average, right? I'm obsessed with my business. I'm obsessed with, you know, working all the time. And I know that's not the life for everyone, but for me, that is something that works. So I was interested to hear. And this was also before I knew who Grant Cardone was. I just got this book on Audible because I was looking for new business books. I didn't even know, I never heard the guy at this point. So, but then when he started going into this and just like the way that he talked reminded me of and again this is guys I'm not a mental health professional I'm not diagnosing anyone I'm not I'm not saying that this is what this is I'm just saying that from my experience the way he was talking in the audiobook reminded me of before I had started medication for my OCD I used to have manic episodes and the way that he talked reminded me of that and the way he talked and like went on about how being obsessed with your business is more important than treating your mental health that's the tight line of thinking that kept me from getting treatment for so many years because I was so obsessed with like doing well for myself and I was worried that medication would slow me down I eventually got medication and it did slow me down but it also kept me like able to exist and function in the world so that's why I'm like this advice is so dangerous like uh like he's just and a lot of people have pointed out too that it's because he's involved in Scientology and Scientology is like the doctors don't know anything. Scientology knows everything. And it's like... a is so, Anonymous? Yeah, essentially, yeah. Essentially, I think that being involved in Scientology is what's kind of contributed to this this mindset where it's like, you don't need to take any drugs, even the ones you're prescribed. Scientology doesn't believe in drugs at all. But I guess cigars are okay.
1: So, yeah, so, so, so tobacco is totally okay. Tobacco is
0: fine, it. just not the medication from a doctor to treat OCD or ADHD. Or... Is Apparently caffeine he's been... okay? I'm,
1: I'm wondering if, if you're allowed caffeine in caffeine? Scientology.
0: I don't uh, know. Scientology
1: beliefs on caffeine. Uh, and so, uh, Amanda said it's a lot of... Um, luck as well. And I do agree. I mean, a lot, a lot of it is luck and you have to credit it to luck. Uh, it's it's still an impressive yes. amount of luck.
0: <laughs> He's had an impressive amount of luck. And I think it's weird. It's one of those things where like, I a lot of people who have been lucky don't recognize that they've been lucky because I think there's the, it's the whole narrative of like, if you work hard, you can achieve anything. And I agree with the advice of like, you need to be fully committed to what you're doing. You need to be willing to put in that ridiculous amount of work. But There is going to be some element of luck involved. I actually talked about this in Savvy Business Owner when I wrote the book where it's like, I hate how a lot of people refuse to acknowledge that there is some luck because like the fact that, um, like, like the fact that I got married to someone whose family had recently come into some money and was able to help us with our down payment, that was luck. And like, it was luck because I met Tyler when we were 11 years old and we didn't know that 10 years in the future, his family was gonna make a lot of money and be able to help us with the down payment. Like there was no way to know that, right? So it's like, that was pure, that was luck. That was nothing else but luck. And so I was lucky in that case. And being was like, did that cause my business to be successful? No, because I know tons of people who had a similar type of luck in their life and they don't run a successful business so it was it was work and good ideas and dedication and all of this but it was also the luck of like i have a home to live in so like if you don't have a home if you are homeless it's going to be a lot harder to get something started because it's like the maslow's hierarchy your main goal is going to have to be you know the survival needs so there is an element of luck on, involved in this and it's i don't i think there's nothing wrong with admitting that and I think a lot of people don't want to because it it kind of destroys the motivational message. And I don't want people, I want to be able to acknowledge that luck is involved without having it be discouraging. Because I think people think it can be discouraging when you mention that there's luck. But we all have elements of luck in our lives. And I know that people say, like, the people who tend to be the luckiest are the ones who tend to put themselves in the most situations to find good opportunities, which I absolutely believe is true. But at the same time there will be instances where just luck happens to you. It's the same thing where like if if for some reason you just got run over by a truck tomorrow that would that would be a lack of luck but like you wouldn't be a successful business owner. But like so it's like there's there's going to be random things in the universe that you can't really control for. And so but a lot of I think a lot of gurus don't like to admit that because their whole platform is built on the idea that they can control everything that happens to them and they're going to teach you how to control everything that happens to you. When in reality that that doesn't that doesn't exist. That's not possible. So I kind of hate how Grant talks about how he didn't have any luck. He didn't have any privileges going into this. And I like, he talks about, I I appreciate that he's open about his past, how he grew up with a single mom, how he, his dad died when he was young, how he, uh, his family was, you know, struggling with being in a low income family. And there were a lot of kids and his mom had to support a lot of people. And that's kind of what motivated him. And I mean, we saw kind of the same thing with Rachel Hollis with being, growing up in a in a poorer family had motivated people to want to, uh, you know, achieve, achieve a greater level of wealth for themselves. And I think that's admirable, but at the same time, just because you don't come from a rich family doesn't mean you've had no advantages whatsoever. Everyone has a varying level of advantage and disadvantage. And I mean, the fact alone that Grant is male is a huge advantage for, for his end, because we've seen the way he treats women, we've seen all of that. And like, If he were a woman he would be one of the people that someone like him would have victimized in that situation so that i don't know that's that's my little rant about luck and privilege and what that means um yeah mushroom destroyer says chance comes in good and bad today i had bad luck with my tire exactly yeah things like that although that's the thing that like that was one of the things in the 10x rule that i really hated too Is that grant would say things like um he would act like it was possible to control everything. So he'd be like, you should take responsibility for literally everything in your life. It's it's a good piece of advice that he takes too far, right? It's like, should you take responsibility for your work, for your business? Yes, you should take responsibility for all of those things. But then he gives an example of like, somebody said I was rear-ended. Someone crashed into the back of my car. And he's like, that's something that a lot of people wouldn't take responsibility for because it's something that... Uh, the other person did that you couldn't control. And he's like, but I could have changed that. What if I'd left 10 minutes earlier? Then that car wouldn't have run. And I'm like, but Grant, a different car could have run into you if you left 10 minutes earlier. There was no way for you to control this. It's like, it's really stupid. And so it's like, that, just, that makes no sense at all. No sense at all. Well, Katie says, I feel like some of these gurus think that admitting to luck will make them less credible. And that's why, when I wrote Savvy Business Owner, I was like, I'm going to admit to the things I'm lucky about. I could tell, I have this chapter. Hold on. I'm going to read a part of it real quick. I believe it's 14. Um, where is it? Uh, no, I think it's, it's, oh, it's in the Myths of Boss Babe Life section. It's chapter 18. So I talk about how I'm like, we all love a good underdog story here. I'll tell one about myself. Savvy was born to a low-income single mother from the Polish South side of Chicago. Savvy started up a business, the Forever Home Friends, bought a home at age 23, and lives a successful life as a full-time writer. I'm like, that's a great story. It's technically true. None of it's factually incorrect, but that is misleading because I'm. there were a ton of places where there was luck involved in that, and that I had lucked out completely. And I think that like, If I frame myself exclusively like that, that's what people like Grant Cardone like to do. They like to frame their childhood solely in terms of the disadvantages and the difficult things. When in reality, there were so many pieces of luck, which I go into in this chapter, including, you know, talking about, you know, having in-laws who helped me buy a house and things like that. So like luck happens along the way. And some of it you really just can't control for. And that's so like, I feel like that's such a defeatist thing to say. I feel like I'm not motivating anyone right now, but at the same time, like, I think that can be motivational as well, because if you recognize where you have had luck and you recognize where you haven't been lucky, you're you're having a more realistic outlook and you can just continue to move forward in a realistic way. You're not just blinding yourself to the circumstances. That's what I see. Um, yeah, Katie says, Rachel's you is more like, I don't want to be filthy poor versus, wow, look at what my mom was able to do as a single parent. Yes, I hate that so much. That's one of the things, when I criticized the book, Girls Stop Apologizing, I was really into, I was really invested in And I talked about this when I did my video about like five tips for writing nonfiction. When you're writing memoir, there's this concept. And I think it's on like, I think it's on the, the online journal called brevity. There's a, an article about this. There's this, this article about how, when you write memoir, you need to have the voice of innocence and the voice of reflection. The voice of innocence is what the, the voice that you're in while you tell the story from your past so that you can have that, that voice of, of how how you didn't know this as a child. You want to be in that voice so that the character can be immersed in the scene with you. However, in order to make a memoir meaningful, you also want to have something, whether it's towards the end or woven in without, where you have a voice of reflection that talks about um, in a creative way, not not in like a school essay way where you state like, and this is what I learned from this or something. But yes, I think that it would have been if Rachel had taken that chapter in Girl Stop Apologizing where she was mad at her mom for the box cake, she was upset that her mom was, um, was uh, not being able to give her a good birthday party. She was bitter about the circumstances of being poor as a kid. That, like, her complaining about that makes sense when you're in the mindset of her as an 11-year-old, and I think her taking the reader through that is good. However, it fell flat because she did not then take it to the next level where she would be like, now at my reflection as a mom myself, I see how my mom was doing what she best the best she could for me like there was none of that and it seemed like she never actually had that reflection and that's why i think she seemed so money focused because it was like oh you never actually reflected on that and it it was insulting to to me personally as well as someone who did have a single mother for a decent chunk of my childhood so i was yeah i was very offended by that section yeah there's so much victim blaming
1: i feel like i missed so much of like important information i'm gonna have to watch this replay
0: we're just going on about luck and privilege and how it factors in. Um, I, Queen of Spade, yes, I would love if we could interview Rachel. I think I think we're more likely to interview Grant Cardone than Rachel Hollis, just because Rachel is does not like criticism at all. And she she actively shuts herself off to it. Whereas Grant welcomes criticism because it makes him feel like he's getting more attention. Yeah. Which is you, actually you how I am after... too. Like I feel like I share some qualities with Grant Cardone and I don't like it. <laughs> <sighs>
1: No, I, I I agree. And well, he, 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 he definitely, he definitely, God, like he's so fake that I feel like he might just live in a completely fake life and is somehow therefore more authentic than Rachel.
0: Yes. I think he's more, I think he's more honest. Like he's honest about how weird he is. He's basically like, yeah, I harass everybody. I'll admit it. Like, he's, he's very open about the fact that he's a shitty dude. And to an extent I can respect that. Cause it's like, at least you're honest, but at the same time, it's like, you're still a shitty dude though. So it's, it's very interesting, like mix of emotions to have about this.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and I mean, it's, it's one of the things that's just like, we don't have to like either of them.
0: Yeah, no, I don't like any of these people as people, but I, I, that's the thing is like, this is why I'm interested in like, I think you can dislike someone as a person and you can also dislike a lot of what they do, but still learn something from them. So that's why we're doing this whole series. See what we can learn from them without you guys and imparting the knowledge on you without you ever spending money on these people or supporting their shitty life.
1: Yeah, um, completely agree. And I mean, we have taken some practical things from Rachel and Grant. And Grant, um, we got the 8 a.m. stream going from Rachel. We got the 906 phone calls from Grant.
0: Yep. Yep. So I know we're going to have, it's about 10 minutes until our 906 meeting. Uh, Joseph, if you're here, I hope you got the link that I sent you over email. Um, So just uh, head on into the waiting room here whenever you're ready. So we'll do that in in nine minutes now. But um, yeah, so in terms of the book, Be Obsessed or Be Average, I kind of went off a little bit about the mental health elements of it. But what were some things that caused you to put the book down and give up on it?
1: Uh so I used actually the audiobook for Be Obsessed or Be Average. Oh, uh, and, and it's it's, it's great
0: good. to hear it in his voice because you're like, oh, oh wow. Yeah, I feel like Be Obsessed or Be Average should only be listened to as an audiobook because you'll be like, I can't imagine how this could ever be in print. He's literally he's rambling more than we are on this podcast. It's wild.
1: Yeah, and the part of the reason why I couldn't get through it was like I mean, I, I agree with you that it's maybe it's better off on the audiobook. That doesn't mean it's better. Or good or something Yeah. More oh no, specific, it's a
0: shitty book. It's horrible. We
1: DNF'd it. Um, it's really awkward to have someone literally say, and I'm not even writing this down. I'm just gonna talk to you right now on an audiobook that he's selling as a completed product. Uh it it it's he, if you ever wanted to listen to a live stream novel, listen to the audiobook of Be Obsessed or Be Average.
0: Let me look up I'm gonna look up how many pages be obsessed or be average is because as an 11-hour audiobook. Like, okay, let me look up the 10x rule. Because the 10x rule at least felt more like a book. He had a central
1: theme around it with 10x. Uh, Be Obsessed or Be Average. It's just, it's the same theme, but he's trying to... Uh, okay, I, so, I don't know. There's no additional information
0: So the it. 10x rule is 240 pages, and it's a seven-hour audiobook. Okay. And then Be Obsessed or Be Average... Let's see. That is an 11-hour audiobook. How many pages is it, though? Because I want to see how much he added in. It's it's also 240 pages. It's the same length, yet the audiobook is four hours longer.
1: Yeah, because he's just rambling. Because like, he's right.
0: rambling. I don't... Yeah, I think if you buy the book of Be Obsessed or Be Average, I think somebody actually edited that, and it's going to look more like an actual book. Versus... Um, the audiobook version he manages to put in four extra hours of rambling because nobody cut it down. Like four extra hours, they're the same length in print. That's wild to me, I was not expecting that. I was expecting be obsessed or be average to be at least a little bit longer. They're the exact same length and the audiobook is four hours longer, that is nuts.
1: So that puts into perspective how much this guy is rambling and going off script Uh, and, and why not everyone should narrate their own books. I understand why Grant wants to and it probably makes more sense with nonfiction books because you don't have to like describe anything but your inner monologue, but Grant's inner monologue is is wild.
0: Yeah. And I, I like when nonfiction authors narrate their own books because I'm about to reread the Ben Shapiro book I read in high school. And I'm very mad that Ben Shapiro doesn't narrate it. Cause I wanted to hear his voice being like, hi, I'm Ben Shapiro. Facts don't care about your feelings. Let's talk about how the liberal media is taking over the universe. And I was all ready for that, but no, as some other dudes narrating it. So I'm like, Oh, this is going to suck.
1: Yeah. Um, and maybe it's because Ben Shapiro spends his entire life talking. I know Grant Cardone and Rachel Hollis do a lot of talking, but they're also very visually based Ben Shapiro I, I know he has a visual setup for his podcast, but it's still a podcast all the same.
0: Yeah. All right. I see Joe, I see you there in the, in the waiting room area. I will bring you in in just a second, but it can't be till nine Oh six. Cause that's intentional. So we I will wait get five... off this by nine Oh six. I promise. Oh wait, Great. Okay. 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 Um, so RK is going to go on a call and then we're going to follow grants advice and have a five or nine Oh six meeting. Um, so let me take a look at some comments uh, before we bring Joseph onto the stream. Um, okay, so I think people are talking about... Um, oh, about the, I think this is about the book, didn't see that coming and all of that. Cross-Country Friend says, I hate the idea that growing up with a single mom who was poor equals a bad childhood. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Because, like, there could be a... Like, for example, I have so much respect for my mom. She, she was, she's, I mean, she still is an incredibly loving person. You know, she works with me at Forever Home Friends now, and she designs our stuffed animals. And I've just been like, it's a, it's a great relationship. I mean, she's on this stream half the time being, like she's a very supportive person. So yeah, I think it's, I think this is the idea that business gurus sell, which is that rich people are better. Right. And that's, that's false. That's sociopathic to say, but you know, that's how it is. Um let's see. And Katie's saying um her whole like eating tuna in oil gross and it's like Rachel I thought you wanted to be rich and not have to do that. Yeah, in the book uh didn't see that coming. She talks about how she's like oh this pandemic is so hard I'm having to eat tuna in oil and it's like why the pandemic sucks for me too and I've not eaten tuna in oil once. No one's making you do that. You're just doing that so that you can write about it and complain in your writing. Like I don't get it. What are you doing? Uh yeah, like she wants to be struggling by eating tuna and sleeping on the floor post-divorce when she's done nothing but her criticize her mom's real struggles in that situation. Exactly. She has the money to buy a for a couch of some furniture. She has the money to buy food other than tuna. Like you're not fooling us. Especially because it's like she had this Instagram post recently where someone like called her out for being a millionaire, and she responded and was like, dude, I am a millionaire. And I was like, Yeah, well then stop pretending girl, stop pretending that you're required to eat canned tuna. Also, poor people aren't even required to eat canned tuna. There are other cheap food options.
1: There's like, a lot of cheap food options. Girl, why out there. are
0: you eating tuna if you hate it? Just put the tuna back on the shelf and move on. I don't get it. Ben Shapiro is a weird man to me. I'm still not sure if I like him or not. Sometimes he can be funny and he opens his mouth and I'm like, "Ooh, bro, no. Yeah, that's Ben Shapiro is that kind of guy. He's like, it's kind of like Grant Cardone with me. Like, I like that he's entertaining. He's fun to make into a meme, but I I think taking his real advice is bad for society. That's the point where I'm at. And also he says a lot of like really mean things. And sometimes he just likes to fixate on being mean to people. I don't understand why.
1: He also is so facts don't care about your feelings, but then will warp any situation so that the facts, but it's like, he, he, he's not a facts. Don't care about your feelings. Guy It's just, it's yeah. sort of like Grant Cardone. He'll, he'll, he'll say the brand enough until you believe it. Mm-hmm. And then he strays from it. Like the big thing that just happened was when he was defending Ted Cruz for going to Cancun in the midst of an yeah. energy crisis in Texas. And he's like, what can he really do? And it's like, well,
0: a lot of Be- things
1: Be- <laughs> Beto and and, and the, the funny thing is too he's like criticizing AOC for politicizing it's like she she's helping like I'd rather her yeah. politicize it to help people than, than to go to Cancun and exactly, like
0: well, Ben is all like facts don't care about your feelings but then he turns every situation up into about his personal feelings and it's like Ben maybe maybe the secret here is that nobody cares about your feelings you should just move on but like yeah. any situation that happens in the world, he makes all about himself and his feelings about it. And I'm like, I thought facts weren't supposed to care about our feelings, Ben. I've just, I've also never seen, just, just on the more personal side
1: too, he's like, it, he speaks to Jews a lot directly. He's like, if you're a Jew and you believe in this, you're, 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 you're a, a gino, a Jew in name only. And I'm just thinking to myself like, man, I've never met another Jew who kowtows and ca- who, who cares about christians more than you he like, does because i think your belief yeah yeah and, and he's smart enough to know that yeah so
0: but like yeah
1: but like he, he he's he's a jew who really does not care about other jews he's just like he in his belief it goes it goes christians jews that put christianity above themselves maybe the other jews and then every other religion
0: that's really interesting to hear uh, Jewish perspective on Ben Shapiro because I know he's very like into uh, being Jewish but then like a lot of people who are Jewish don't like him also yes. it's 906 so we need to bring Joseph in Joseph what's up can you hear us hey Joseph oh, shoot. can you hear us, can
1: us okay anyone hear me? Oh, we can hear you you're a, you're a little
0: choppy you're cutting in and out a little bit
2: I'm gonna get different okay, please,
0: please. I'll give you a second. Uh,
2: I don't think anyone can hear me.
0: We can hear you like a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No worries. Sometimes the nine o six meeting, guys, you got to fix the audio. It's all good. It's all good. I'm I shitty mean, at audio. I get it.
1: To, to Queen of Spades, I don't know if my if my perspective on him is that much different than others. I just think it's weird, bizarre that he's like, if you. Don't strictly abide by my beliefs. you're a Jew a name only. and this is someone who really puts the emotions, beliefs of, of, of Gentiles over Jews on a regular basis.
0: Yeah, that's that's interesting because then I feel like he often uses like like he likes he compares a lot of things to his Jewish experience, but then he like puts down, other jewish people hey joseph hey can you hear us oh we
1: can't hear him oh no
0: we can't hear you okay let's okay
1: We're, we're gonna figure this out everyone we will
0: guys we're gonna figure this out because the 906 morning meeting is important even if you know
1: what just try without headphones i mean maybe you won't echo
0: Oh. Alright. He's gonna come back, guys, in just a second. Um yeah, okay, so Cher's also Jewish and she's heard a lot of that kind of stuff too. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, it's
1: it is what it is. I don't know. He's yeah he, he's he's why Jews get picked on in middle school. Because everyone thinks we're all like Ben.
0: It's Ben Shapiro's fault. Yeah. Well yeah, didn't someone someone said that to you. They said that you reminded them of Ben Shapiro on one of your videos.
1: Oof. Oh yeah, I remember that, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Now I gotta go like jump off a bridge or something. <laughs> which um, you
0: are, yeah. You you don't remind me at all of Ben Shapiro,
1: which I, I appreciate. I mean, so here here's a fun here's a fun stereotype that doesn't get talked about enough about Jews are pretty good at basketball,
0: and I feel like Ben Shapiro sucks at basketball. Yeah, Ben Shapiro definitely sucks at basketball. I've never seen him play basketball, but it's like you can just tell he sucks at it. I mean, we're, we're we're not dunkers
1: that much, but like we're the kids that we, we were forced to like go out constantly, and when we're out, we're we're usually playing pickup on blacktop hoops. Uh, whether it be like I, I I have fond memories of having to go almost to like this wilderness camp in upstate New York for Rosh Hashanah every year, and every year the two big things were ever like all the adults were pre- were praying and trying to enter the new year with many blessings and having a sweet new year and all the kids were playing soccer or basketball.
0: Eva, thank you for the super chat. She gave two twenty two to help the audio. I hope it does. I hope Joseph's able to make it back in because I'm excited to talk to him. He's been on all of our streams and commented on a lot of things. And I really want to get to talk to him one-on-one.
1: He's a cool dude.
0: He's a cool dude. And I think it's cool that he wakes up at three 30 in the morning every day. I mean, it sounds stressful as hell. Oh, Joseph's back. Okay, cool. Hey, Joseph, can you hear us?
2: Yes, I can hear you. Yes, we can hear
0: you too. Yes, we can hear you.
2: I was trying to do it with my phone and didn't want to cooperate. So I had to go to the computer where you can't see me. But uh, this is where I normally do stream yards from.
0: That's that's okay. It's it's better to be able to hear you, especially because we'll upload this to... Spotify later, and you won't be able to see us either. So it's okay.
2: All righty. So uh, first, let me explain my uh, screen name and all that.
0: Uh-huh.
2: I had to get a email address for my work uh, pay stubs.
0: It's just showing you as Joe right now. It's not showing any weird screen name. Yeah, names. no, uh, my YouTube one. Oh, your YouTube name. Oh, okay. Um, wait, let so me, let me, What what is your YouTube name again? I'm going to pull up your channel. My so full that- name. <laughs> Okay, because guys, I want to recommend, I want to make sure we promote Joseph's channel because he has a YouTube channel as well.
2: Just get them. me your uh, 21 subs. That's all I want. There's a, uh,
0: Here's into- your channel.
2: Yeah. Uh, so I did not realize that uh, when I signed up for a Gmail account, it gave me the whole shot. So,
0: so y'all, here is the link. I just posted it in the chat to Joseph's channel Uh, a couple months ago, he did a very cute video where he unboxed the, he bought the forever home friends book, the love of senior dogs for his niece. And he did an unboxing of it with some cute plushies. And it was very adorable video. So I highly recommend everyone check it out. There's his channel. Give him a, a subscribe, a subscription.
2: Yes. I'm kind of a little bit out there. Sometimes I get to, I'm quiet in real life, but I, uh, I get to act a fool on uh, YouTube.
1: I'm already seeing one of the problems with your page right now. When I took a look at the source code of your channel, uh, you don't have any keywords.
2: Well, I don't care about, you know, I'm not going to (laughs) be any, you know, I'm just, uh, I started posting stuff so other people could put it on their channels for a joke. Oh, uh, that's fun. Yeah, because uh, the way I looked at it, if someone got a couple hundred views and they had to go to the doctor and then they got a coffee afterwards, I'd pay for the upsize from medium to large.
0: Gotcha. Okay. And I think it's, I need to check out your video about work robots that you just put up because that looks interesting.
2: Yeah, um, I couldn't get it to, uh, I didn't have any parts to run that day. I shot it at 430 in the morning. Mm-hmm. So... It's so you have a
0: really interesting job where you, because you go to work at 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. every day. And run yeah. a, what, what kind of stuff do you do with the robots?
2: Uh, I take the, what you would call a dashboard shell. Okay. I put it on that fixture. They put the little clips that they use for attachment points. So all the goodies can go in there.
0: That's awesome. I'm watching the work robots video. That's cool. <laughs> I like to, it's fun to see behind the scenes of other people's jobs. Oh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of us don't know, it's like, I think that's why vlogs got so big. People like to see what people do in their day-to-day life and to see someone like at work, their job. That's cool. That's cool.
2: Yeah. And, uh, I work, run nine and a half miles in that little circle.
0: Um,
1: okay. Uh, Joseph, congratulations. You look like an uncle. I'm sorry. I'm looking at this. Devin's uncle speaks. You look like such an uncle with those glasses on. and <laughs> I I, I would even consider changing your YouTube channel name to somebody's uncle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Cosmic Space Cat just called this out because, Joseph, you have now reached 21 subscribers.
2: Yay! Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll have to put out some more content. Uh, Of course, I'm going to be working... uh seven straight days after this. But... Oh
0: my God. That's going to be rough. Yeah. You see, you are, you work a lot because I know that whenever you're on the stream, you're pretty much always like on a work break. And I'm like, man, you are, you are at your job a lot.
2: Yes. Uh. Well, when I'm on the, this stream at your, well, your eight in the morning, it's my nine. Uh, I can <clears throat> uh, do my job and just kind of, you know, type out a couple words and then come back around and type a couple more words out for you. So that's why you'll look at the stream, it's like, well, oh, why did he say it here? We were talking about that 10 minutes ago.
0: Wait, everyone in the chat's talking about putting keywords in your channel. I'm going to be real. I don't think I've put ever, any keywords in my channel ever. You don't? Uh, yeah, the, I mean, I, how do you I'm put it you to me
1: about how little, how you're not getting new
0: subs. That's like YouTube 101. <laughs> yeah, I, where do you put? Someone said in the about section. Where do you put the keywords?
1: One second, I'm going to go to one of your videos, and I'm sorry, Joe. We'll, we'll get back. Oh, I to put you keywords. I put proud, keywords. No
0: I put keywords in my videos. I don't put them in in the about section that people are talking about. Oh no, I was talking about videos. Like I think. Oh, okay. I was yeah. I put keywords <laughs> in my videos. We're good. Um. Anyway, Joseph, what uh, what the kind of stuff did you want us to discuss on the on the meeting this morning?
2: Okay, part of it was uh. You've already touched on it. How everyone's kind of plateaued.
0: Yes, I, everyone is plateauing right now.
2: Yes, because I'm uh, also into the anti-sovereign uh, citizen slash Moorish online Moors, not the Temple Moors. They're more, they're an okay religious group. It's the ones that are go anywhere from. Uh, if you've never heard of them, it's crazy to get into, but they don't think the laws of the United States apply to them because oh, they are. Oh, I solid. have
0: never heard of this. This is interesting. I've never heard of this at all, actually. Yeah.
2: Yes. Uh, the uh, in that Devon guy, he's a nut job who believes in all that shit, and he also got into Q. Okay. On, uh, yes, he actually thinks there are children. In tunnels hidden all over the country, for so like purpose? wild
0: conspiracy theory stuff.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, like uh,
0: cult stuff. Yeah,
2: yes. Uh, it goes from when they get pulled over by the police, they won't give over their license and registration to uh, there have been some violent in- uh, incidents with them. Uh, I think it was 2012, a guy uh killed a police officer on a traffic stop. Oh, geez. Uh, I know in Michigan, 2016, one of them was doing that. Ended up getting <clears throat> shot by the Michigan State Police. Oh God! Yes. Uh, those are probably the ones who were uh, storming the Capitol uh,
0: mm. in January. That makes sense.
2: And so uh, there's
0: a there's like a whole there's like a YouTube genre for videos about this.
2: Oh yeah. Oh wow. Yes. Uh, I don't know if. I don't know how any of the playlists work i don't know if any of mine come up i have total you know ml uh, <clears> or <throat> sovereign citizen moorish mm-hmm. all that fun stuff but i don't know how any of that works so i and i am probably the only person on the planet who does not know how to copy and link anything
0: you're not the only person on the planet who doesn't know that. Oh, I've um, had to instruct a lot of people how to highlight things, copy and paste things and link, copy links. Yeah. It's not that intuitive, especially on your phone. Right. Yeah. It's, there's nothing wrong with that.
2: Okay, good. I'm not embarrassed now.
0: No, no need. No need. Most. I've had to teach a lot of people how to do it. You're all good.
2: Oh, I forgot I have my phone on this thing. I can at least look at the chat now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. So a few people in the chat are discussing cults and things like that. Cause you're, oh, yeah. you're also into like cult stuff on YouTube, right? Yeah. Like, anti. Uh, I know you're into anti-MLM stuff. Cause I know you watch me and you watch Monica.
2: And I watch Alanda. Yeah. And the first place I ever heard about Nexium was on a channel. I'm a Patreon to called Virgo Triad.
0: Virgo uh, Triad. She, I'm going to look it up right now.
2: Uh, she is the best. I mean, for research. I put her in the uh, land on the same level.
0: Oh wow, she has a lot of videos. Oh yeah, she has almost a thousand videos on her channel. Yes, I am going to put some of her videos on my watch later playlist and check out her videos because this sounds inter- her l- work sounds really interesting.
2: Uh, yes, uh, she's another uh, cancer survivor who had to leave her job, and she. You know, that she does this in her spare time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm a Patreon tour. her. That was where I first heard an him was yeah. she had an interview with, oh, I can't remember her name right now, Edmondson.
0: Okay. I'll see if I can find it on here. Because she did a lot of videos about the, cat, the people storming the Capitol. Oh, so yeah. I'm she gonna... was
2: very pissed off about that.
0: Which is reasonable. Um, oh, I
2: wasn't happy about it, too. And I'm more... Yeah or they're, uh, it's like, you want to protest? Great. Protest. Yeah. But, you know, if you want to march around the Capitol, great. Great. But yeah, absolutely. But it's
0: like, uh, you
2: don't go storming in there and acting like a stealing laptop. Her most yeah,
0: that's video. That's, it's, it's like, yeah, you can take stuff way too far. Um, yeah. Queen of Spades saying that Nexium, yeah, Nexium <clears throat> is one of the creepiest MLMs. I think it's the, the, I, I used to think that Amway was the most obvious cult, but I think Nexium is the most of a cult out of all. I mean, no, clearly it is. It, it got cult. it got shut all the like. Keith Rainier is in jail and all of that.
2: Yeah. Oh, and if anyone watches my fourth video in the. Uh... Uh, Sovereign citizen sales video. Watch the end of the third. Okay. I don't want our getting thinking I'm anti-Semitic. I had to play an anti-Semitic character for that uh, sales pitch. Yeah, I don't care if you hate
1: Jews. I'll still be your friend. Oh no! I don't,
2: <laughs> I don't care. It's I some I
1: sometimes hate Jews too. It's all good. <laughs> I am not gonna I'm not gonna contribute oh, to but, this it, but it's never it's never because of their beliefs. Let, let me just make that clear. Right. <laughs> he just hates Ben Shapiro. I know I respect his ability to lie so effortlessly.
0: That's uh, true. That's true. I
1: struggle. Like I was tell I was thinking today, how am I gonna lie to Savvy and say I love this Daft Punk
0: album? Did you actually not like the Daft Punk album? It was okay. Are you serious? It was okay. What the fuck? It was Are okay. You,
1: what? You two. You two. See, I can't lie. I can't lie. I don't know why Pinocchio has a big <laughs> nose. He's not Jewish. He can lie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, you two go old school. Start getting some ACDC in your heads. And I then... like.
0: I like ACDC. I like ACDC. Too. I like a lot. I like a lot. Like, I'm just shocked. That you did not like Daft Punk. It was okay. It was okay. I mean, it was I mean, it was two letters. Okay. We're gonna it's have not it his style. We're gonna have to talk about this. My bad. That's the thing though, with RKI, I genuinely can't tell when you're lying and joking and when you're being serious because part of me still thinks you might actually be getting my grandma's name tattooed on you. I still don't know for sure. Yeah, but it's gonna be the misspelling of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's Okay, anyone who doesn't like Daft Punk, you, you you're entitled to your opinion, and you can be on my channel, but just like, uh, just don't talk to me about it right now. I've been emotional the past few days. Last night I was crying and listening to Daft Punk in bed because I'm that's where I'm at. Okay, so like, that's where I'm at. There, there were a couple songs I enjoyed. Um, I liked. Let me
1: pull it up real quick. Nope, not that one. Never mind. I it, it went off the album. Sorry, one second. Um, I liked. Where did the album even go? Here it is. I think I liked. Ah oh, shit! I forgot which one I liked. I want to re-listen to this album and tell you which ones I like.
0: I, I'm thinking potentially <laughs> maybe you didn't actually listen to the album, and that's the part you're lying to me about.
1: No, I listened to the album when it got when I got to Giorgio Giorgio by Mort Roder, I was like, I might be in trouble.
0: The song is so good, dude. What are you talking about? Especially when you get, it's like, when you get towards the like, these songs all have like movements, dude.
1: Uh,
0: I'm going to give it another try. It, it
1: was like, maybe it, it was, I, I, I don't know the names. I know like the numbers. It was either five or six I was sort of getting into. Um, Did you
0: not recognize any of the songs? Because there were a lot of really popular ones on that. No, I didn't. You didn't recognize Get Lucky. Oh, well, of course I recognize Get Lucky. Well, you just said you didn't
1: recognize any of them. Or Get Lucky has the star next to it, so I know it's a single, too. And I wasn't going to say, like, I enjoyed Get Lucky. Because like, okay. it, was, it was okay. It was... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Savvy. I'm trying it's to, It's okay. Like, I see. still love
0: you. It's okay. I still... I can respect people with different opinions as me. It's okay. Thank it's okay. you. I can still love you. It's okay. I like the
1: points where it felt like I was maybe listening to Lofi. Okay.
0: Okay, my bad. Anyway, sorry, Joseph, I'm gonna focus on you again and stop. yelling yeah, okay right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll get you two going here. Who's read Atlas Shrugged? I have.
0: I haven't actually, but I want to.
2: Uh you better uh black out uh, three months.
0: I know it's really long and I don't I know I'm probably not gonna like it, but I want to read it for the cultural impact.
2: You might like it. It's it's dystopian. If Yeah. Uh, it's just dystopian from a different viewpoint. <clears throat> uh I guess uh when I and Rand had to live through uh the R- Russian revolution, uh yeah. yeah, that cop did you could imagine that would have uh, freaked her out.
1: Oh, I can really I mean, understand yeah. why she was so anti any government um control Perry. whatsoever or, or any social uh so, or, or any social support programs whatsoever. Like so
0: individualistic Cause, yeah because
1: she because she came from such an extreme example of like she she and anything that remotely flirted with heading towards communism i completely understand why she was so against it um and i do feel like that that part of her history and why she ended up believing what she believed in sort of gets lost in the discussion because i know a lot of people hate that book and what it represents. And, it's it's really I don't it's not it's really not that bad I do I do sort of think it's a it's a good book to read just because of its its uh, cultural importance um, right. I read I read it a couple years ago uh, and it it had a few moments that like the, the climax is a li- like I rolled my eyes at the climax yeah. because the, the, there there was no tension whatsoever just every like every everyone who supported like first off. I mean, whatever, it's a spoiler, but I, it's also been out for a very long time, so I don't feel guilty about it. First off, the entire country crumbles, because the government makes it so, like, everyone can, it, it, it basically, like, everyone should be able to live with absolutely no skill, they should be able to live a comfortable life, and not actually have to work whatsoever, and um, the brother of, uh, oh shit, I'm blanking on his name right now, but there's they're two main characters, Ugh.
2: Yeah, uh, I, it's been 20 years since I've read it, so I can't, I mean, uh, but it, uh, yes, avoid the 70 page long speech.
0: Oh, <laughs> I'll probably skip that. I always hate, like, I feel like that's a thing where, like, there'll in a lot of books, there will be a section where the author just goes off and it's like, here's, like, 70 pages where we're just going to describe this thing or where we're just going to insert this thing. And I'm like, Mm-mm, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that.
2: I mean, I skimmed over that, but it was like, uh, <laughs> it's like, come on, let's get up to blowing the last bridge up, uh, up that's crossing the Mississippi River. All
1: right. <laughs> and, there, and there's like this, there's this, uh, what's it called? Like H- Henry Reardon is one of the main characters, and he's just invented this like incredible steel that he refuses to let anyone copy because it's his product, right. And- and, and his brother is, his family wants him to give his brother a job because his brother's kind of a loser who's just, support, <laughs> who, who, who it, it, it's so uncomfortable. Like there's so many times where his brother is supporting the left, like what you would identify as the yeah. left. And, the um, clear of
0: spade here is exactly what I'm talking about. Chapter five of 1984. Yeah. Like when I, like, I don't, I've read 1984 forever ago. I don't even remember what that, but I remember there was that, that chapter where it was like, it was just like the, this the speech or the, was it the broadcast? It was just like, I'm like, please stop. Get back to the story.
3: Yes.
0: (laughs) It was kind of funny because you can see
1: sort of things that, uh, like, it it was hilarious when his brother was like, I'm embarrassed to be your brother in my social circles because it's so clear that you're a capitalist who doesn't care about humans. Oh, yeah? Well, I donate a lot of money to your circles. And it's like, oh, well, yeah. And you don't (laughs) want to tell anyone that that I donate money to you? Well, it's not their business. Oh, I see. Like, there's just so many of these awkward conversations being like, if you want the government to help you, you're a lazy piece of shit. And you don't get to, like, pretend to have the moral high ground with me when you talk to me when you're using my money. It it, it, it makes caricature arguments. Yeah,
0: I'm seeing a lot of people or a few people in the chat are talking about how it might. It seems like a hard book to read because a lot of the it's influenced a lot of the policies that we still have in place. Today.
2: Plus, it is dated
1: when you're talking about railroads. For uh, that,
0: that's true. But
1: know. this was like a futuristic railroad too. Like it was incredibly efficient. The speeds yes. that they could get to are, are, are like I, I, it's more sophisticated than our current rail system. Right. Oh yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, so that's interesting. I mean, I might I might read it at some point. Um, I think I will because I used to be a very. Not, I won't say I was a full anarchist, I was like kind of an anarchist back in the day, but I was like, because I, I, at the time I thought that like... I know that right now there's a lot of, there's an interesting like, there's like a socialism anarchism, anarchy, like, uh, sect right now, which is interesting because when I was interested in anarchy, like Ayn Rand was someone that people who were anarchists liked because she was against government intervention whatsoever but now there's like an interesting like socialist anarchist thing which is more about like I don't know communes without full communism and things (laughs) like that and it's it's interesting to just think about and see how it's changed and I'm definitely I'm not an anarchist anymore but I think it's interesting to uh it'll be interesting to read the book no like just I don't know. I'm, I, I'd am i be interested. Yeah. I'm glad that everyone agrees that chapter five of 1984 was awful. I'm glad we can all uh, agree. Oh, I didn't realize apparently the gender and sexual politics in the book is also terrible. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know what happens. I haven't read it yet, but that's interesting. Uh,
2: well, you have to remember it was a, even when she wrote it in the forties and fifties, it was a totally male dominated society. And
0: yeah. So did she envision the future as still like a male-dominated world?
2: Well, at this time,
0: yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that would probably annoy me too, because I'd be reading it. And I'm like, this is supposed to be the future? Except Why you still got men doing everything? Is, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, and for uh,
2: your anarchists, the ones on the left and on the right. Yeah. All, if you look at uh, my little circle, there's they're about at the bottom. You know, yeah. one's just a smidge to the left; the others are just a smidge to the right, because they go for full circle. When you think about it, they don't—they just don't quite meet.
0: Yeah, I always thought that was interesting because I feel like there's there's definitely a, and I guess there's like the political compass that people use now, which I like because there's like the corners for like, you know. um free free society versus authoritarianism and then that's the up and down axis whereas the left and right access axis is, axis is like the republican versus democrat sides which i find really interesting because there's like you know if you look at a right-wing libertarian versus a left-wing libertarian they're going to be completely different but they're also still going to advocate for not trusting the government and things like that which is interesting
1: Okay, so we, I still have Atlas Shrugs. If you ever want to reread it, I can do it. Or if you ever want to read it, I can reread it with you.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. We should buddy read it and talk about it. And we can, you know, complain about how sexist it is, assuming that it's sexist. I'm not going to go into it with a bias. But we can do all that. You can complain about how it doesn't hold up, well, but also how it's an interesting book and things like that. It's kind
1: of funny how the two main characters get, like, super horny over capitalism. Like, uh, I'm totally blanking on her name right now. But I, know, I remember her last name. Taggart. She owns one of the railways. Danny. Da- Dan- Danny Taggart, she owns one of the railways, and Henry Reardon, he has the steel that supplies to all these railways, and the government is actively trying to get his steel. It's it's like Plankton trying to get the Krabby Patty formula. Um, <laughs> That's and- a good one. Thank you. And like they-, they they're desperately trying to get it. And uh, Danny Taggart and Henry Reardon are super horny for each other over their love of money. And oh, it-
0: hey, Alanda's here, guys. I just realized that. Sorry, I just wanted to shout out, hey, Alanda. Hey, Alonda. Hey, Alanda. Joseph. Alanda Joseph's on right now with us. He says you're one of his favorite channels. <laughs>
1: um.
0: So it, it's it's a. I mean,
1: I don't want to say I recommend it because the opportunity cost of how many hours it takes to read, like there probably are other things that you could do. But Watch the grass grow or the snow fall. <laughs> it also is like heavy. He- like I, I'm assuming a lot of people on the stream. Um. Disagree with people who who masturbate to to Atlas Shrugged, but you can probably learn a lot about the core beliefs of where these rationales came from by reading it.
0: Yeah, cosmic space cat says, "Horny over capitalism was not a phrase I was expecting to hear today." <laughs> I
1: mean, that's the best way to put it. Like, they, like they they don't just love money; like they're in love with money.
0: Yeah. I mean, I believe you. I believe you. That's just—I like that, that's a, that's a phrase. That's, dude. I feel like that that could be like that. That's some punk band's album called like "Horny Over Capitalism." The, the guy
1: makes his money in steel. I mean, I'm sorry. It's not that far of a stretch to talk about like his his incredible steel. Okay, and these yes. long train cars and 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 the fact that they like the government was trying to talk about how dangerous the steel is. Now they can't possibly use it to build this bridge because there's no way it can support the weight of this train and the speed it's going in over this great distance that they've never been able to successfully build a bridge over. And they do it. And you can tell when they do it, like it's, it's written very sexually, okay? Them getting over this bridge on this train with his rock-hard steel is
0: very sexual. Dude, we should we should do a video. If we buddy read Atlas Shrugged. we should do a video like where, we, where we dramatically read it like an erotica. I'm,
1: that would I'm, be, all,
0: I'm all for it. Because I think that that would get a lot of clicks. Like, if we made a video called Atlas Shrugged is actually an erotica... And we just like read it. Like we're on the phone sex operator line. Have you time. heard
1: talk about romance? Cause she, she was a horny little devil too. Like she talks about how oh, yeah. is is the most selfish act that you can do. You don't fall in love with someone selflessly.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Oh, when she puts it, when she explains it, I mean, it makes sense. Like loving someone selflessly is, is like the biggest insult in her opinion, which I get when she describes it, when she describes her reasoning behind it, because it's like, well, for one the reason why it rubs people the wrong way, I think, is because she's describing love and romance as possession, which can rub That's, people.
0: That, that ties very well into Grant Cardone and what we've been talking about <laughs> with him today. Yeah, I oh, mean, if he reads, he'd love
1: it. Uh, Cosmic Space Cat definitely wants us to do dramatic oh, reading. Oh, we
0: are doing it. We're going to do the dramatic reading. We'll do it on a live stream, maybe. That sounds fun. Oh, Recovering <laughs>
1: Humbutt's doing a dramatic reading of Grant Cardone tonight.
0: You are? Oh, shit. I have to, I'm going to watch the replay. I, I can't make it to your live stream tonight, but I will watch the replay because I, oh, shit, I'm excited for that. That's going to be so good. Okay, everyone's giving me merch ideas. Now we need a horny over capitalism shirt. I'll make a horny over capitalism shirt. I have to also make the onions don't care about your feelings shirt because everyone wants that too. Girl, wash your brain. Girl, wash your brain. Onions. Oh, yeah, this will be our podcast merch. Six, uh, yes, six. girl, can't. watch your brain. success. Uh, <laughs> horny over capitalism. <laughs> Which, An onion to be fair, is actually a great uh, a great way to describe everyone whose life we've been living. Like <laughs> this entire this entire series is following yeah. people who are horny for capitalism.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's just too bad they weren't selling something that was worth anything.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, pure pure romance are probably mixed well with this merch
0: pure romance don't, don't <laughs> don't. i'll see if i can sell i'm gonna put it on etsy and list it as shirt for pure romance consultants horny over capital <laughs> <laughs> shout out savannah marie real quick i, I was watching savannah her pure marie. romance videos yesterday she's so fucking funny dude her pure romance videos are the funniest shit in the world oh i
2: loved uh, monica's hers was uh when she did that last year. that was Oh,
0: like... that was hilarious. Like for Valentine's Day? Yes. <laughs> Monica's Pure Romance video was hilarious.
2: I sent that to uh, another content creator. Uh, Chuck chases the facts. Uh, he, uh, he got me on a live stream for his Tinder choices. Ooh. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, you need help meeting
0: women? Here, why don't you try selling some of these products? I always hated when, like, I know that in, like, the anti-MLM subreddit and stuff, there would be a lot of posts about Pure Romance where it was, like, they had the tackiest shit. Like, there would be, like, some, like somebody had a new baby, and they would put their baby in a, like, baby-sized shirt that said, I was created by Pure Romance. <laughs> and it's like, oh, no! Oh, that
1: is terrible. Were you the one that was doing Are the Straits Okay things when it was, like, uh... Oh yeah, it was you. Where it it was was like... I was
0: doing Are the Straits Okay? Because that's the thing where it's the, like...
1: the woman was in like the cat the, the thing that is meant to like impregnate cows.
0: Yeah, so oh yeah, I saw it on the Are the Straits Okay subreddit. Yeah. So there's this because I was on Twitter, right? Around is this especially around Thanksgiving? Straight people who are pregnant at Thanksgiving are the absolute Love right. turkey humor. And and they yeah, they the the woman will always put on a shirt over her pregnant stomach that says like something about stuffing something about oh was, yeah i think the one i saw on twitter said like i'm stuffed with a turkey and then the guy had a shirt that said like it's my stuffing or i did the stuffing. I was oh, just, like, i'm like why and then like at, at thanksgiving and they're taking you, pictures with their parents in this I know. Merch. and that's the thing because it's like i feel like a lot of people go to their family's thanksgiving dinner and if you talk about like lgbt issues they're like don't talk about that at Thanksgiving, that's private, but then straight people show up at Thanksgiving. Are you creepy? pieing like, your wife? I'm stuffed with the turkey! I got fucked! <laughs> and it's like, what?
1: Are you having sex till completion and finishing inside of your wife?
0: That, that, exactly! And I'm like, oh, that's why I'm like, straight people are not okay, which is not across the board. RK is one of the good ones. I hope I'm okay. You're good too. Yes, yes. I know a few straight people. I Some of my friends are straight. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, this is okay. Eva says, I was due on Thanksgiving with my firstborn and refused turkey references. She held out till December. See, that's why Eva's the best. That's why Eva's the MVP here because. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's oh, what, I don't being think a straight we says claim. I never did this, but I'm not straight. Yeah, exclusively straight people do this. I'm pretty sure I've never seen I've never seen someone not straight do this. Oops. When, yeah, yeah, I'll make a shirt, sure, uh, guys. We have so many merch designs coming from this conversation right now. I'll make a, some of my friends are straight t-shirt. <laughs>
2: Oh, God, I can't see going into work with that. Uh,
0: <laughs> no, maybe not for work. I mean, you probably wouldn't wear the horny over capitalism shirt to work either, though. Although maybe uh, your boss would like it and be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well,
2: everyone there, uh, they tried to get me a couple times to say I was Republican. I am said, they're wimps. I'm crazier than them. That yeah. just shut them totally down. <laughs> yeah. Which actually I am because, but we won't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Then again, yeah. uh, I'm the one who uh, has listened to Ben Carson, not Carson, uh, Shapiro's radio show when it was at, he would be on the air in Detroit from 10 p.m. to I think 12 a.m. My lunch break at the time was at 10 p.m. So yeah, I'd go to the car and listen to him.
0: I've listened Actually, to some of his stuff before. I mean, if, mostly for videos. And I'm going to read his book for a, a book review video. Um, And he's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, a stopped clock is right twice a day. Sometimes he says something and I'm like, that's true. But other times I'm like, what? You said what? (laughs) You said, what did you just say to me? (laughs) Yes, he goes way into too much social. Yeah, he cares too much about like, hating the lesbians. There's too many lesbians in Christmas movies. And it's like, Ben, stop. There's literally one lesbian christmas movie called uh,
2: i don't really watch too much tv anymore yeah but uh the hallmark movies i don't think i've ever seen one that's had lesbians or right or... there was
0: like a big one that came out last year called happiest season and i think it was on hulu that it came out and okay yeah i thought it was a pretty good movie ben shapiro hated it because he doesn't want lesbians in christmas movies even though he's jewish and doesn't even celebrate christmas i'm like ben Calm down, dude. None of this matters.
2: Now, if it was a Hanukkah movie, maybe I could see that. Maybe he, whatever. maybe he
0: could even have an opinion on that. But like, still, it would be like, what's wrong with the lesbian Hanukkah movie? My best yeah. friend is a Jewish lesbian. He hasn't said
1: shit about Eight Crazy Nights, which is one of our only movies. Right? Far <laughs> more offensive than just about anything you can think of. <laughs>
0: Apparently, okay. I need to pull up Monica Valencia's post here that says, "I this was one of the are the straits okay things." She said, "I saw a post that said we tested positive and not for COVID as a pregnancy announcement."
2: Unfortunately, that one's probably good for this day and age, but
0: uh, I feel like that's a, uh, uh that's just cringe. It's yeah, cringe. It is it's cringe y'all it is like if someone announces their pregnancy i will congratulate you and i will be looking forward to you know your life as a parent but if you announce it by saying i tested positive and not for covid i'm gonna be like oh did you have to say it that way also who made that merch like that's welcoming some weird energy
1: into your life
0: (laughs) and tell ben lesbians don't care about your feelings
1: But I can't myself. That was a good. One. But I do agree. with Ultimately, what you said, Savvy. So, I mean, he's gonna get. He's gonna be right sometimes, just oh, by yeah, a few just statistically that like, that speaking. Too... He yeah. speaks constantly. He never shuts up. If you he's... never shut up and you're
0: always wrong, you're a statistical anomaly, and you actually deserve more respect. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if he, yeah. He. He. If he talks that much, it's. It's. Pro- there's the probability is there statistically likely he will say something true in the mix.
1: Now he might contradict it two seconds later, oh, but it doesn't I, I, change the he, fact that he said something true.
0: Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So Joseph, you know, you've been you've been around on YouTube for a little while, especially like watching a lot of anti MLM videos and stuff like that that I've seen. Um, yeah. I guess I'm just interested in like you know, because this is kind of my first time talking to you out loud and I've seen you in the comment sections a lot and things like that. So it's really cool to kind of get to meet you one on one. Uh, I guess what, like, what brings you to those kind of videos? What brought you to all of our channels in the first place? Uh, what, what kind of stuff are you interested in when it comes to that? Just, I don't know, kind of, kind of tell us about, about you and your, your, the videos you watch.
2: Okay. My journey to anti-MLM. Yes. Okay. Uh, Needless to say, for the uh, anti-sovereign citizen, Moorish Vits uh, genre, using your real name is not what you want to do.
0: Mm-hmm. So I
2: created a couple sock puppet accounts. Ooh. I was on there and uh, I saw Monica's on the sidebar or whatever you call it, the recommendation. Yeah. And I clicked on it. I was like, oh, shit. Uh what I have to tell everyone here now is my wife has fibromyalgia.
0: Oh, I know that I know a lot of people with fibromyalgia. It's a really difficult disease to go through. I hope she's doing okay.
2: Uh, not really. Oh, but sorry. that's not what uh, got me onto it. It's when I first heard her. It was one of her first videos and I was like I had I mean, obviously I'd heard of Amway and yeah. Avon, but I never had thought that. And I'm like the people in her support group could fall for this cuz i have went to met those meetings and heard about the struggles they're going through having to go through and to you know someone who was a office person and then all of a sudden they're going into a uh, social security disability mm-hmm you, I could see someone, some of them falling for this just the same way they could fall for one of the sovereign citizen scams. When they say, oh, you don't have to pay your bills. You can pull money from your uh, government account. Yeah. yeah. That's a load of shit. Right. So that's what I'm like. I started watching her stuff on that sub-channel, and I'm like – "No." Uh, I made a comment to her, and then I'm like, no, I do not want – if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it on my main channel, because yeah. I don't want someone to put up there, who is Gordon Call, and why does he have a bad after his name? Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know who Gordon Call was, uh, probably anti-Semitic, anti-tax protester, killed three uh, U.S. Marshals in oh, wow. uh, uh, North Dakota in 1983. There was a nationwide manhunt on him. He killed the fourth one uh, when he was uh, captured and killed in uh, Arkansas. Oh, wow. The people who know the names would know that I'm doing complete takeoff on that. But if you were just uh, to do a Google search, like, who's Gordon Call? It's like,
0: this guy's. (laughs) Right. So you don't want to, like, be associated with that, like, yeah, beyond, like, the, the sock puppet parody and that kind of thing.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why uh my name on some of my uh uh parody videos is uh Gordon Call.
0: Okay, that's interesting. I didn't even know that. That's interesting. Okay.
2: Yeah. Uh your mom might remember that from uh you know the nightly news back then. Yeah. Oh, and okay. she's a nice looking lady. It's too bad we're both married. Oh
0: <laughs> my mom? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'll let her know. I think my mom's, my mom is beautiful. I, yeah.
2: (laughs) Yes. I, and uh, that's why I got into this, not to uh, like when uh, Monica was doing her yoga workout video or something, I'm just looking at it to one supporter. And then I'm like, I hope she doesn't think that I'm going to be, you know, the creepy. I'm not that creepy uncle.
0: Right, not, uh, but you are you you are an uncle, but you're not a creepy uncle, exactly. Right.
2: <laughs> uh, and uh, just to let you know, my wife's sister, Adrian's uh, mother. You
0: know,
2: yeah. Th- I don't know if you saw the video where she. I tried showing her opening it. The.
0: I don't. I saw. I saw your video where you were opening the book because I remember I. You, I signed the book to your niece and I addressed yeah. it to her. Yeah. And I saw your video opening it. I don't think I saw the video with your niece though.
2: Yeah, well, uh, I don't feel uncomfortable showing her face because she had a mask on and the whole shot. So.
0: Okay, I'll check it out then. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, and I honestly don't know if she liked it or not because I haven't heard. I that's... don't
0: know. Well, hope I hope she did. If she didn't, that's fine too. <laughs>
2: well, I would. Uh, this is where you making a connection is that no matter what, since she was born, I always got her something from me to her.
0: Yeah, I love like, that.
2: And uh it was like, you know, getting too old. She's getting too old for the stuffed toys. That's why I didn't yeah. buy a plushie for you from sorry. Yeah, that
0: makes sense.
2: <laughs> so I'm like, you know, I'm racking my brains and I'm like, Well, you said you've got a new book coming out. Okay. Well, and then that's I think when I asked you, do you think this would be a good age for it? And I'm like, Okay. And I liked it. My I'm wife glad you liked it.
0: it. I'm glad you guys liked it. Yeah.
2: So we'll hope the uh, audience really enjoys it, and maybe I'll, for her birthday I'll get another one. I don't know. We'll see. I
0: hope so. Yeah, I, I hope to have a niece or nephew someday. I think I would be a, a cool real life aunt. I'm just but you call yourself
1: one. your gay aunt from the '80s. So I got am. I also.
0: Aunt. I also. I'm not an aunt. I also wasn't born until 1992, so it's all just an act.
1: All just. <laughs> it's like Grant Cardone being a successful salesman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It all comes full circle. He just gave yes, cause, and I was
2: surprised he actually made a comment on your video yesterday. It wasn't oh, really it him. Wasn't him.
0: We both got fooled for a second. We were oh, like, "Is okay. that really Grant Cardone?" And we looked, we clicked on his page to be like, "Is this really Grant Cardone?" No, it's somebody who made a fake account under his name. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, man, I was, I was like, "Oh, we should bring him on for an interview." I'm like, mm, that, I don't." That I was also like, "This is probably not really him." Right. These people make fake accounts all the time, and I'm like, "Yeah, this is fake Grant Cardone." But a bunch of people commented on our video yesterday going on these like Forex and cryptocurrency things. And I'm like, are these spam bots or are these people trying actually interested in cryptocurrency? Like, I don't know what's going on here. Either way. I was like, uh, forget
2: cryptocurrency, get real gold.
0: Oh, gold. (laughs) I don't, I mean, I don't invest in gold or crypto or anything. uh, my, uh, four
2: part. uh, this shows sometimes I have too much time at work. The four video sales videos I did, yeah, it, it gets too convoluted. But it's uh, uh, making salted gold and selling it to sovereign citizens.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, I feel like I feel like you know a lot about like subgenres that I had no idea about until right now, and that's interesting.
2: And uh, this all started because uh, my little niece would sit on my lap, and we'd watch cat videos and oh.
0: and whatever. That's and cute.
2: I... <laughs> yeah, that was the one advantage of the shift I worked is sometimes I could actually get to spend time with her while her mom was at work. So
0: that's fantastic. You sound like an awesome uncle. I feel like your niece is lucky to have you in her life. Oh, thank you. Very. Absolutely um awesome uh joseph is there anything else uh important we should know before we uh wrap up the 906 a.m meeting
2: nope uh it's just i was trying to get on and i'm sorry that didn't work out i was trying to you know you know how that can work sometimes technical issues
0: oh well it's totally fine now we could hear you perfectly and everything so everything worked out just fine
2: okay so well everyone have a good weekend while i I'm going to miss your live stream uh, or your premiere today. I got to go shopping. Understandable. Yeah. You you know how Michigan has the bottle return law. We got to return all our bottles and cans. I Uh, didn't know that. No. Oh, no. You're in Chicago. Well, yeah, Chicago is its own little world. But uh, Michigan (laughs) has a bottle return law. There was even a Seinfeld episode about it. And I've got two bags of bottles I got to return. So.
0: All right. Well, that sounds great. I, I mean, and I hope you enjoy your day off. And I know you've got a busy, busy week of work ahead, but I'm excited to look at your videos about the work robots and everything. That sounds pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, it,
2: uh, real quick, funny thing on uh, the company's website, the mm-hmm. homepage or whatever, you scroll down, they don't show these giant plastic injection molding machines, which are <laughs> bigger than uh, your front room. Mm-hmm. No, they show my robots, which is... The weirdest thing—it's like, why did you guys show that? You should show those giant. uh, It, you'd uh, maybe I'll take a picture one of those one day if I can, just to show you. And it's like, yeah, this is a person. You can fit the whole row of people over here and still not fill the machine up. (laughs) So, okay, well, thank you too for having me on.
0: Absolutely, it was our pleasure volunteering to be on the show today
2: okay i'll try to catch the replay and see the comments i couldn't keep up on my phone so
0: yeah yeah it's understandable i've been losing track of the comments too But <laughs> <laughs> okay all right all have right. a great rest of your day all right thanks
1: Bye. adios
0: all right awesome i'm loving the 906 morning meeting it's so much fun next uh week we got you know, mushroom, mushroom, destroyer. mushroom destroyer mushroom destroyer is gonna come on on monday morning's meeting so mushroom destroyer i think i think think I follow you on Instagram, so I can probably send you the link there. Or if you have an email address you prefer, just let me know. I'll send you the link to join in on the stream on Monday morning. I figured to wrap up Grant Cardone, we, we should react to some of his TikToks.
1: Yes, those two that I was looking at this morning.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to pull up some Grant Cardone TikToks. And we are going to react to them because apparently he is... He is wild on TikTok. So let's let's do it, guys. Let's do it. I'm going to share screen, share audio. This video is called Bidness. Let's do it. We're going to watch Bidness.
1: Oh, the most recent one. Beautiful. This one is so cringy. Let's go. You
3: guys want to do
0: business with me?
3: Every day, somebody, I'm out business with you. I want to do business with you, you see? And then I go look and see that you ain't done any business with me. You want to do business with me? This shit is simple. It's so simple. It's simple, simple, crazy. Dude,
0: he sounds drunk.
3: Don't complicate it. You want to do business with me? Give me your money. Do business with me. You understand? I go look in my accounting man. or you did you get a book? Did you get a program? Are you coming to 10X, did you give me 10X your money? 360? Who, you want to do business investor? with me? You want to do me? I looked me? at you, you
0: haven't paid play me with you yet. With
3: me. You want to do business with me? me? Do business do with, me. You with me. Fight me. Fight, fight me. me. Oh, oh, oh wait, I still want to fight him. Sign.
2: Wait, we can to fight
3: do him with like somebody? he's open to that? And fucking do business with them.
1: So I'm actually super pumped because go go through a couple oh, hey, of these. Hey, hey. When he's with the I college kids, you're going to see just how short he is. Be. And he's definitely lying about his height.
0: See, I struggle with TikTok because it just starts replaying automatically. But let me pull up the other one you sent me this morning. Oh,
1: this the, the other one I sent you this morning is the worst advice you'll ever hear. Now, I'm okay. not saying that you have to buy a house if you have the means to, but his way of putting it is horrible advice. Let's go.
0: All right, guys, let's do business with Grant. Let's do business. All right, hold up. I'm trying to pause this and go to the beginning. TikTok is so difficult, guys. Anyway, let's share audio. Here we go. Homes were built for the banks, not the people. Here we go. Built for
3: people. Homes were built for banks. The bank created that product to sell money. You can't just loan people money. You need a product in between. You're starting a business. That's a reason, but it's really risky for the bank. What if a bunch of bankers sitting around drinking bourbon? We need to lend more money. That's how we make money. We get people to give us a dollar. We lend it out nine times. We need something to lend the money on. So back in the 50s, they they're like, everybody should have a home. They grinned. Everybody should have a home, right? Oh man, that's pretty good. We should call it something like the American dream. Most people shouldn't
1: buy a home. No one should buy a home.
0: Homes were not built
1: okay. And there, so now it's over.
0: Okay, no one should buy a home. Apparently, what no one should buy so, so, a first, home? So, so, first off, the perversion
1: of the banking with the hope with housing was not the 1950s. It, it, it was a couple decades later, I believe it was the late 70s. Secondly, the American dream existed way before then. Uh thirdly, purchasing a home. Now, I'm not saying anyone should everyone should purchase a home, but if you have the means and you're not investing your money elsewhere historically, purchasing a home is one of the primary purchases that you will make in your life that actually establishes a net worth for you. You're going to pay the bank more money than the home is worth. Yes, that's that's just the basics behind interest. I'm not saying banks are morally righteous, but in this case, it's... (laughs) You're going to establish, if you purchase a $250,000 house, you now have an established net worth. You're going to slowly pay that off. And historically, purchasing a home has been that first big purchase that elevates someone to the middle class. Yeah, It's one of the first purchases that you can make that can establish generational wealth.
0: I think he has a point about how banks exploit home ownership. I think that's definitely true. But right now it's like to tell people not to purchase a home. Like if you want to rent forever, that's going to be way worse for you. So it's kind of like, it's one of those solutions where you feel like you can't really win. So it's like, I guess there's a point to saying that the, the banks are exploiting uh, mortgages and things like that. But at the same time, I'm positive that Grant owns a home.
1: Yeah. and But the other thing is too, it's like, What you're paying the bank changes over time. Right now, with low interest established by the government, it's going to cost you a lot less to pay for a home, or to buy a home, because interest rates are so low. And this isn't advice for me saying, go buy a home. It's just me stating the facts. Yes, if you don't own a home, you're not going to be paying the bank for that home. You're still going to be paying to live. You're still going to be paying a landlord rent.
0: Exactly. So it's not like, yeah, the renting system is even more exploitative than the banks with the home. I mean, they're both exploitative systems. I feel like if Grant wants to talk about, you know, people having the, the the best living system for them, it's gonna require a lot of overhaul of the way that things are done entirely. And also Grant made all his money in real estate. So like, why is he telling people not to buy a home? Like he made all his money selling people homes.
1: When you're giving money to a bank, yes, you're giving money to a bank. Yes, you're ultimately gonna pay more money than, than the house was worth to bank yeah. because you're paying interest. But also each time you're making a payment, you're purchasing equity. in the home that you're living in. Each time you pay rent, you're just paying for the ability to live here. I currently pay, Aaron and I split $1,400 a month for this place. It's a one bedroom apartment. The houses I'm looking at are $1,400 a month mortgage. And I'm also looking at duplexes. So I'm hoping to have a tenant who pays the mortgage off um, and I'll be living next door to them. I'm not going to be a shitty landlord. But doesn't that sound like a much better investment of my $1,400 a month? So, that's basically,
0: yeah. we had a, an apartment before we moved here a few years ago, we had an apartment that was about, it was a one bedroom apartment, it was only 600 square feet, it was about the same price. Now we have, we actually do have a duplex, and we pay the same amount per month for our house, our, our not house, our apartment that's three sizes bigger. And <laughs> you are like,
1: owning it. Each, and each we own month it, you make yeah. that payment, you are paying for equity in this home.
0: Yeah, Rustroom Destroyer says Grant doesn't want people to buy a home because he wants to have all the homes.
1: Yeah, he, he wants to
0: grant grant wants all the homes. Y'all y'all let's look at his like his TikToks are wild. This is going to be fun. Let's uh let's just go through his whole TikTok page.
1: He gives such bad advice invite- and this just goes back to what I mean by He's a marketer. He's not a salesman. He gives such bad advice.
0: Look yeah, no, like
1: how short Baylor, he is. Right? When the... you got like, hey, yeah.
3: to be like, he is short. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with being short. He just lies Taylor's about it. than your name is. The reason I'm calling. You need to tell a guy why am I listening to you right now? And then go for the book. My name's Joshua. I'm from Baylor University. i would like. to... Yeah,
0: he's very uh like. First of all, yes. The this the someone mentioned the jump cuts are too aggressive. Which like I love editing jump cuts into videos. I think they're they're fun for making a dynamic viewing experience. But he does it too fast, and he adds too many sound effects and it's like it makes me be like 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 this like I cannot focus and yeah I think my estimate is that Grant Cardone is the same size I am I think he and I could share clothes I don't think he I think he's a small dude where there's nothing wrong with that like there's nothing wrong with being a small dude he just lies about he's like I'm six feet tall and 200 pounds it's like no you're not you're not you're not you are probably the same size as me which is even he even said in rise and grind that he's 158 pounds and, and he also like, doesn't
1: want people to own homes, even though yeah. it's been proven that home ownership does increase. Like the overall, uh, uh, what was I gonna say? Someone's gonna take better care of a home they own than a better than than a home that they rent. So neighborhoods increase in the value. I'm not talking. This is not pro gentrification. just me saying that someone who is renting a house. They'd be better if it, it, they'd be in a much better situation if they owned that house. That that shouldn't be uh, a hot take. That should just be a normal take. <laughs>
0: Right, and it's like, yeah, if, if people didn't buy homes, Grant would not be rich in the first place because his real estate investments are what made him money, like, back in, like, the 90s and 2000s and stuff. So, this is very hypocritical of him. Uh does he get? How got? many
3: ball players go broke after they retire? Not because they retired, because they didn't plan for the retirement. You knew was going to happen anyway, and they spent a bunch of money on bulls**t. I buy bullshit out of passive income. Only seven thousand apartments. There's two hundred and fifty units behind me. It's gonna pay twenty-two hundred dollars a month. Yeah, did, did, did you one buy one that. One you one bought one, that building, Grant. To <laughs> you months, bought it. gonna move out. Somebody else is gonna move in. Yeah, that's, move move in. yeah that's
0: the thing. Is what someone was saying, yeah, like how he want wants 7, all the homes. He wants. If he doesn't pro. want people to own homes because he wants them to rent his buildings because he's a shitty landlord.
1: Exactly. Grant
0: Cardone is probably the worst landlord in existence.
1: Look, don't buy a home. Pay me $2,000 a month. That's going to get you so much further in life than buying a home cuz I'll get rich and you can feel good about knowing that I got rich.
0: Oh, so here he's talking to more college kids and
1: oh, this is the video where I think you'll see how short. Oh, yeah.
0: Look at the look at the college kids towering over And guys, now. there's like we said, we don't I don't mind anyone being short. The problem is when people lie about it. Like like Ben Shapiro has a complex about like classically obvious 3 inches taller than Ben Shapiro is. They don't have like any photos together, even though they're siblings. And it's like, you know that like Ben complains about being short and like Grant complain like it's I think it's a thing where like a lot of guys feel like no one's gonna respect them if they're short, so they need to lie about their height, but that's really stupid. Like I don't care what height you are, just be a good person.
1: Yeah, and no I'm one just can control that. Yeah. Do you think he's a good landlord? Grant, no. Yeah, I feel, like he's, I feel no. like he's the worst landlord, too.
0: He openly tells people to exploit things all the time. Like, he's like, you want to exploit this? You want to exploit this for profit? Exploit this for profit? Like, literally, he is someone who cares exclusively about making money at the end of the day. He doesn't care about anything else. And so, yeah, dude, he definitely, he's definitely, the, like, the worst landlord.
1: He has little, man. The energy makes sense. I own.
0: Um, wait, here's his crypto. Let's talk to Grant about crypto. You, if you want to be a self-help guru, you have to be an expert
1: in everything at all times.
3: I made $27,000 today. Why? Because it's an asset that has limited production. Whereas cash, there's no limitation. Houses, definitely a limitation to how many houses in Beverly Hills on a certain street. I should a- we buy a house? <laughs> at least I know what I got. It's a $40 you million dollar house on house, carbon sheets. So I'm like, man, money's worth nothing. He's, he's I've been paid for years Bitcoin to cash 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 Real assets I mean- matter the and rest of it's just made up me. i own some bitcoin i keep
0: he says cash is trash guys
1: look i own bitcoin because it's limited i own houses because it's limited that's why i'm making money but you should not buy a house you should rent from me
0: <laughs> cash is trash you fuck rent this apartments guy. and buy bitcoin <laughs> good lord grant he's nuts dude he, oh my god if you
1: act, of, i can see the value in entertainment and that's it if you listen to this man for advice i'm sorry for talking over it but that was just such a cringe fest if you listen to this man for advice stop stop right now yes
0: exactly Exactly. Um, So we're about two hours into this stream. So we are going to talk about what we're going to take from this week and what we're going to go into next week with. And then I'm going to start making the thumbnails for next week's streams. So Cash is Trash and Horny for Capitalism. I got to start making some merch for this uh, this show, uh, I have been behind on making merch. Maybe I should make a Teespring store or something because I use big cartel right now and it's like I have a free account so it limits the number of products I can list so I don't know. I'll figure it out. Anyway, what do printful, you feel you like? I have a label I do use printful. I connect printful to my big cartel store.
1: Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um,
0: so what what what's the things from this week that it's really important that we take into next week? No, nine, nine or six meetings. I know six meetings. That's it. That, yeah. That's it. That's it. Writing down my goals in the morning is uh, more like writing down my to-do list in the morning is helpful. So I might I might keep doing that, but I don't know if I'll do it every day. Uh, next week, we're going to be waking up at seven, which I am so happy for because this is too early. Five was way too early. This is, although I will say now waking up at seven is going to feel nice because I will already say waking up at six this week felt way better than last week. And now next week's going to feel better than this week previously waking up even at like eight felt awful but now it's perspective perspective is reality guys
1: and i think that there is something to be said about maybe changing when you're waking up so you can constantly change your perspective and never settle into too much of a comfortable routine so that way you can really like appreciate sleeping in like personally i'm gonna be i'm not gonna sleep until seven just because i have i have too much i want to do in that hour uh, yeah. before our stream but i could also see the value in waking up at 6 30 and taking my pre-workout immediately and getting my workout started by seven. You know, Take Logan out as soon as I wake up, take my pre-workout and then get my workout done. So as far as like what's concerned with this, uh, I like waking up earlier. I like working out before I have to work. If I'm making my own uh, morning routine, I wanna read some nonfiction in the morning before I actually have to work because once I start reading for work, I fall down a rabbit hole and mm-hmm. I can't stop. I can't just do a set amount of time for work. Uh, once once that door is open, it doesn't close. So I want to read some nonfiction, because that is a door I can open and close on demand.
0: Okay. That's a good idea. Yeah. I think, so for next week, we're going to live as Tony Robbins. And so Tony Robbins wakes up at 7. He only sleeps for four hours, but I am uh, not going to do that. No, I'm just going to sleep a regular amount. Um, I'm going to wake, so we're going to wake up at 7. He does 15 minutes on the torture machine. We don't have a torture machine, so I think we should just do 15 minutes of, like, really intense weightlifting or something.
1: I'm just going to ask Aaron to beat the shit out of me every day for a week.
0: That's good. That's good. Horny for workouts. Horny um, for workouts. <laughs> so I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'm going to probably just lift weights really intensely. And then we have to go into the hottest setting on the shower. Go I'm into in the, the shower. Coldest. Hottest setting on the shower. Coldest setting. Extra points if you also run out into the cold, but you're in the south, so I don't think there's any cold outside. It's um, cold.
1: It's a solid 72 degrees outside. Oh, life. my
0: God. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> hottest setting on the shower, then the coldest. So, yeah. Wake up. 15 minutes of intense workout. Hottest setting on the shower. Coldest setting on the shower. And then I think he eats three eggs every day. Is that a thing? Tony Robbins. I'm sticking eggs. with my egg boy. Um, maybe he doesn't. I thought that was a thing. I thought he ate his more. Okay, let me see. Oh, here's his breakfast. I thought it was him that ate three eggs every day. So
1: you're going to tell your mom that Joseph thought she's beautiful?
0: Of course. My mom is beautiful. She deserves to know it. Okay, this is just, literally Tony Robbins's website is the worst. This is just, like, lists of healthy foods. He's like, here's some quinoa, here's some lettuce. Like, good for you, Tony. I want to know what you eat for breakfast. He's gotten
1: smart. He knows that it's, he, it's a lot safer to tell people what experts say and not actually give advice anymore.
0: Yeah. They, oh, based on like, that
1: one book I was reading. <laughs> so
0: it looks like he just puts a big bowl of vegetables together. So I'm just going to drink the green smoothie powder again in the morning then. Um... So yeah, I'm going to eat the green smoothie powder in the morning. We can also, I have not actually read Tony Robbins' book about money yet, but maybe we can read pieces of it together on the stream next week and also react to some of his videos. And we're going to keep the 9... This is fun because, guys, we're going to take something with us from every week. So we took the 8 a.m. live streams from Rachel's week and we're continuing that forever. From Grant's week, we're going to keep the 9.06 a.m. meetings and we're going to take that forever. And... Tony, yeah, I have yet to see what we're gonna learn from Tony, but we'll figure it out. Yeah,
1: even if it's just having Aaron beat the shit out of me for my workout every morning.
0: <laughs> I think that's gonna be wonderful, and I hope she does. I think you guys, I think you, that'll awaken something in both of you.
1: Oh, it'll unleash the beast. <laughs> Feed the beast.
0: <laughs> Is the Guys, that's that was we never really finished talking about be obsessed or be average, but that was the point where I had to end the book. Was where that there's that one chapter where all he does is yell "feed the beast" at you. Like he'll he's had like a couple sentences in between. He's He'd be like, you he need nuts. to feed the beast, and then and I'm sure that this is why his book is four hours longer than the other one on audiobook, despite being the same page count. Because he has this chapter where I'm like, I'm sure in the book, it doesn't just have feed the beast in all caps a million times, but like he'll go on a rant and then he'll be like, you gotta feed the beast. Don't forget to feed the beast. So guys, that's what I have to tell you for today. I am going to be, um, I'm going to be having a video premiere. Hold up, I'll pull it up. I'm having a video premiere. In
1: 49 minutes?
0: In 49 minutes. So, Friday premiere. Are my
1: eyes black? Do I look like possessed or dead right now? No,
0: your eyes look brown to me. Thank God. So, here is my morning. My Friday premiere is going to be. It's my first YouTuber apology. Grant Cardone's also in it. It's great. So, set a reminder right here. It starts in 48 minutes. Come join me there
1: tag Coffeezilla.
0: oh yeah i i, re- I reference Coffeezilla i or i react to one of his videos in, it, in addition to shitting on grant Cardone, it's a good time and apologizing i girls start apologizing like it's a whole thing it's gonna okay. be fun anyway so i'm doing that uh next week i think i'm gonna be re- uh, reviewing nomics with the bot. we recorded our discussion yesterday but i am not ready to review it yet because there's just so much information so i'm still I have to reread parts and everything Anyway, thank you all for being here. Thank you for a great week with Grant Cardone. I'll see you in 47 minutes at the morning premiere. In the meantime, don't forget to feed the beast and have an excellent Friday. Bye everyone.